0: of the shadow of death. i take a look at my life and realize nothing left because i've been and laughing so long <laughs> this is so but perfect i don't dangerous minds dangerous minds speaking of dangerous minds we got one in the house today uh we got mr keith Boe joining Yay. us on the podcast today this is the advocacy podcast i'm ryan i'm tristan and uh mr keith hey, Boe. yes Hey, hey so uh, let me explain why I chose that song. Okay,
1: um, Keith is influential in the area, and so uh, basically, this is his gangster's paradise. This is <laughs> the this syndicate. is what he's done,
0: and I'm like, yeah, this is perfect for him. He's got the the uh, the, the Keith Bow crime syndicate going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. North Side of Life is
1: pretty the, gangster. That's for sure. The real estate syndicate. <laughs> yeah. He's got the Iron Pizza also.
0: Yep. North Idaho life. G- gangster. I'm sick thinking of, like, all the, the gray-haired ladies <laughs> running around <laughs> that Picture <in> that game.
2: <laughs> Pictures my cat, and, and
0: uh, here's my strawberry bushes, and it's pretty gangster, isn't it? People He's fighting just, over fawns that have been left in the front yard or something. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> just
1: out there killing it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so hey, we're back. Yeah. Episode uh, 22. 22. And we don't really—we're not quite sure if we have topic— or not. So we're just going to shoot from the hip and have some fun with Keith. Yeah,
0: because we got a great guest. So I know that Keith has got some, uh, some great topical knowledge on pretty much everything that we've covered in this show. Um, but and, also, and I'm a big
2: fan of the show, too. I, I, I listen to most of them, and I thoroughly enjoy everyone I've, I've, uh, I've listened to. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Appreciate that.
2: We so do appreciate that. We've yeah. been
0: actually talking about getting you on for quite a while, so I'm glad you're finally joining there, us. There too. are
2: some episodes where you're talking about this topic or that topic. Like, oh, bring me on. Bring me on. i got to say about that <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of thing.
0: It's like, yeah, we just recorded. Sorry. (laughs) 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 I'm not going to redo that one. We may have like a topic matter. We'll like start recycling topics later on down the road if we stick around that long. But The fun part about about this is that
1: every topic can be because it's different every time. Oh, yeah.
0: No, absolutely. The conversation changes. It's all the same stuff, but the situation is totally different or it can be – it's just – it's great. Oh, I think we could go back to the very beginning and probably have a completely different show. Oh, absolutely. Just based on personal growth within six months. I mean, really – Totally has good. It, has it
2: been that long? <laughs> and, and what's interesting too is I'm, I'm in my early fifties, and uh, even now today, I think I had this conversation with Ryan last week. That uh, you know, an epiphany moment that finally, at the age of fifty-one years old, Keith Bo is no longer an idiot.
3: <laughs> and that is absolutely true. Do you remember having that conversation? Yeah, that is absolutely
2: true. You know, just sometimes you, you, you think about something and you talk to someone, and then the light bulb just comes on. Like, oh my gosh! Yeah. One of the one of the real shames in life is is that now that I'm old, you know, I'm 51 years old, and uh, you think of all the lessons I've learned, the wisdom I've gained in all these years. It's just such a shame how i wish to god i knew then what i know now yeah you go back and kick life would be completely different kick right? younger keith Bowes' ass and like wake him up a little yeah bit. and if i can if i can give you give you something right now um is that uh you know i was talking to someone uh, somewhat recently within the last month and uh, and she said you know and we've had this conversation this is huge to me right yeah um but uh, she said, you know, uh, no one has any business getting married if they haven't dated for at least two years. And I'm kind of thinking, well, you know, why? I completely agree, though. Yeah. And, no, and, she, and she said that, you know, those first two years, um, you have this interpersonal relationship between you and the other person. where you are kind of dependent upon each other. Um, and that both sides, you and her, you're both acting. Mm-hmm. She's acting and you're acting, too. You're putting on your best face. You probably have some things you haven't divulged one to another about personal aspects of your life. Uh, You're treating her the best. She's treating you the best. You're polite. You're this kind of thing. And after two years, uh, people gain their natural independence from that interpersonal relationship, right? And that's when you see who they really are. They're not acting anymore, they're not trying to impress you anymore um they 're not dependent upon you as they were at the beginning anymore they 're more independent, and that 's when the true self comes out and i 've spoken to person after person after person. I spoke to one today, right yeah. and uh, she had a horrible relationship. turns out her husband uh who was a doctor uh was also you somebody says you just, just can 't believe people 's stories are actually real mm-hmm. He's selling drugs, yeah. What?
3: <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, just I just threw it out, out there. <laughs> I just, you just <laughs> screwed me
2: up. Yeah. Uh, prescription medication. That's really uh, crazy. Fentanyl, uh, yeah, all the oh stuff. Stuff that's not legal in this country. He'd meet people in hotel rooms and, and administer these drugs, kind of thing. Oh, wow. And uh, she had records of it. She had drugs in her own home that Dr. he had Fieldhood. kept around. Right. Wow. And he was a womanizer and blah, blah, blah. And so I asked her, um, I said, uh, so, <laughs> so how long did you guys date before things started going bad? And she said, um, uh, or before he got married. And they got married like within two months. Whoa. Whoa. And they used to be very athletic, hike, uh, endurance, bicycle, this kind of stuff. That's how she met him. They started dating. And she said, we got married about two months. And things started going bad pretty much right off the bat. And as he dropped his mask, where he's no longer trying to impress her, what a complete nightmare this guy was. That was obviously a surgical mask. (laughs) <laughs> I in 95
0: yeah yeah <laughs> he took Was out, this within the last year and a half he finally dropped his mask he
2: finally said I'm enough sorry. bs i'm taking off my covid mask and she's like holy crap <laughs> but you know the things that that uh you know he he kept these things from her at first i mean he yeah. didn't tell her hi i'm doctor feel good and i'm selling uh fentanyl and and all this crap um and he'd still stuff from hospitals and give him patients. This kind of thing. And the guy's rich; he was loaded, still is loaded, right? But uh, he, there were certain things about his life and his personality he kept back. You
1: huh. know, yeah. you know, I we've talked about this before, also. And I've got that ninety-day rule, right? If you want more, ask Ryan. He's gonna yeah. We'll just snap our fingers. Need and more, get more water, a, yeah. Water boy. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, you know where it is, buddy. Yep. So Look but, yeah. at
2: me, I'm a <clears throat> wo- 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 water boy. Got my water it's speed. High quality H2O.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I, I always I've had this rule. It's a 90 day rule, mm-hmm. um, and it's for dating alone, right? So typically within the first 30 days, you're still in honeymoon phase, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Another 30 days, and things get a little bit more real. And then 90 days, people will typically break that that dating kind of full power. You're like, oh, I can be a little more honest, you know. And you don't you don't get true until the two years later when you actually get married because right. it's different when you move in with each other and you're actually married versus dating and living living together versus just dating in separate households. So I really feel like
2: you' ninety day threshold and every relationship needs to be hit, right? Yeah, but you'll know, go back to the two two year rule um it's literally one hundred percent of everybody I've spoken to who got out of a horrible marriage mm-hmm. um. Married in less than two years. Also, the spouse was pushy. Um, You're never going to marry me. Uh, You know, you're, you're hesitant. Blah blah, they were pushy because I think the, the game was up. They're tired of acting. Hurry up and marry me. This kind of stuff, but it, it's one hundred percent across the board. Everyone I've talked to. I spoke to another lady. She's a chef. She's a mutual friend of ours, right? Yeah. And she had a horrible disaster first husband that was completely full of crap and misrepresented himself it was a nightmare. And I asked her, you know, just out of curiosity, going to ask a personal question. She said, Sure. I My how long you guys date before you married? She said, Seven weeks. Good lord Whoa. and and I recently uh dated someone and and the longer I dated them, the more I thought to myself, you know what I don't know her at all, yeah you know the longer you get to know her, the more stuff I
0: don't know and it, I think it too is that the longer you give it time, the more things that they're trying to keep hidden too. like it's harder to keep it covered up, yeah, and that's what I I mean like i I dated over two years, finally got married, and it wasn't until like the the two and a half three year mark I found out. I mean, so that's like four and a half years of investment before I started uncovering things. And it was, they naturally had to work themselves out because there was just nowhere else to bury it anymore. Yeah. yeah. The litter box was full. They're now crapping in (laughs) shoes.
2: Yeah. So, you know, with with me, I was married uh, 30 years. And um, I don't know if we talked about this on air just before we clicked the record button, but uh, we met at 20, 19 years old. And uh, she was pushy. We were engaged in a month, right? We were married six months later, and it, it already started going downhill. We had problems that fall and that winter. And uh, to be honest, looking back in retrospect, which I have the gift of age and wisdom to be able to do that, we would not have made it nine months, six months as a dating couple. Wow. We would not have made it. No way we would have made it two years. We had um, we didn't have the same value system. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have the same virtues. Uh, things that that uh, that I held dear, she— did not, uh, you know, church, family, kids. You know, she yeah. she told me back at the beginning that uh, she'd never wanted to get married, never wanted to have children. Did, <laughs> and you, I, sh- did I should you have share, taken her word for it? Did you share
0: how you guys met? <laughs> did I? Did you, did you tell Tristan how? No, met? I, <laughs> with my first wife. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll I'll share that story with you off I want to get time. a picture. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll tell you
0: that story. Well, I'm, it involved being in a band, right? You you were
2: used to be a in a band. You're a musician. Yep, yeah, but right. but uh, but she didn't. She did not meet me that way. Yeah. Tell me, it was a yeah. striper cover cover band. No, I, I was a uh, I was a rocker uh, in the day. L- lead guitar. I can play all the instruments: drums, keyboard, bass. Um, lead guitar is kind of my thing. I played, I still play the trumpet today. I was the church orchestra leader for many years. But uh, I was lead singer and guitar player in a band. Uh, that's not how I met school, so, by the way. I met her on the basketball court, but there's no to that, more to that yeah, story right, than okay. I can tell you they now. Made it off air then. Yep. Off <laughs> air. So, anyway, um, <laughs> so what were you we talking about? Um, you wouldn't have made it six to nine months yeah, dating. No, not, not a chance. And, um, and it is a cross-border Anyone out there who might be listening, and I know there's got to be millions of you. Um, but Let's do hope. I appreciate the yeah. encouragement? Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I've, I've the optimism. Every, I love it. I've listened to every episode a million times, so there's millions. Oh, of, there's all of our clicks right there. All exactly. your like right there. Right? Keith, <laughs> Keith home going Keith and to restart, one other, restart, restart, other woman restart, because re- it's a 50-50 yeah. split on our right. listenership <laughs> um but uh, anyone listening to the sound of my voice uh, take it from me do not even think about getting married unless you've been dating at least 2 years there's things you don't know about each other there's things you've kept from each other both sides are acting your intentions might be pure another thing that's interesting too is that for these marriages that went horrible and started to go downhill they thought and i thought this exactly the same that my ex said she didn't want to get married. She didn't want to have kids. She wasn't raised in church. She had a horrible childhood. I mean, her childhood was, was, childhood was, was awful. So at one point, when she, her parents divorced when she was eight years old. Her dad was a drunk and a druggie and a loser. Her mom was cold as ice. And one day after her father left, he came back to the house drunk. He tackled her mom in front of her living room floor and put a pistol in her mouth. Said he was going to kill her. She witnessed this as a little girl, right? And um, But, uh, you know, my best intentions was for her. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids. I wanted to be like the movie The Godfather. It was just a sea of children and cousins and family all around. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to get married. I wanted to come work and come home to wife every day and have a big family, lots of children. And um, But, uh, you know, the thing is, is that I thought my good intentions, my dedication— my values, my goals, my gentleness, uh, my desire to make her happy and to cater to her, I thought all that would be enough. And it wasn't. She is who she was. So basically my kind of story is that um, the night she left, um, she, she grew up to be her parents. She became a 24-hour alcoholic seven days a week, disconnected from the family and the kids. She didn't care about anything the last 10 years. I mean, she didn't care about nothing. Last ten years and um uh caught her having sex with a guy and uh, she, coworker and she walked out on the kids and um but what one thing I said that night to my as horrible and as indescribably painful as that was, I was thankful that it's finally over, you know, yeah. and what, one thing I said to myself is she's she finally found her people, she found her way back home, because wow. she is who she was when I met her. It kind of yeah. goes
0: back to what we talked about last week, being the product of your thoughts. I mean, if you mm-hmm. really consider yourself to be that individual, you're going to, you're yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean, as a man and, thinks, and, so he is. And that was where I found her. Yeah. Uh, she was uh falling around garage band, sleeping with dudes, uh, no morals, you know, and, and she ended the way she started we went right back to where I found her. So, but you know, I was, I was in haste um, and, uh, you know, I was living in Seattle by myself. Um, my family is all back home in Nebraska. Uh, met this gal. Boom, boom, boom. You're never going to marry me. I really love you. Let's get married. And, um, and a huge mistake. So back to my point. For you <laughs> listeners out there, do not get married if you haven't dated at least two years.
1: You know, I find that when people are crazy pushy about getting married right away or that or that, you know, usually people tell me within two weeks they love me.
2: You know that? Oh yeah. Um I figured a guy like you they'd tell you within two minutes, but No, no. Not at all.
0: <laughs> no, nah, I mean and, and we've actually <laughs> talked about that, like being the red flags of narcissism and, and yeah. you know, even unhealed trauma, not necessarily just the personality what? disorder, but the the kind of umbrella of symptoms that kind of surround that that can lead to that. I mean, the pushiness and the, the, that, that's what I think it is. That I mean,
1: pushiness is the, is the way to escape the trauma. Yeah. It's the, let's jump into it right away. That way I can, I can just, Oh, I'm, I'm married now. I'm a wife normal, whatever now. And that way I can escape the reality I had and hopefully kind of Cinderella myself off into something
0: else, you know? And then they, they don't realize it. I kind of take it like it's born identity, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like, Jason Bourne can't escape his past of being an assassin, even though he has no memory of it, you know? And it's like, and that's what it is. I mean, you step in that situation and you're like, okay, Hey, I'm here now.
1: Things are going to be better. And you don't realize you haven't healed yourself from the past yet, or even accepted your past to even progress forward. So now you're stuck in this, whatever awful could be
2: dealing with your trauma and trying to hide that from your current, right. While trying to move forward. And I think in those cases too, that, that, uh, you know, a narcissist doesn't have long term friends. No. Um, they don't have old friends. And uh, I think they also feel that hourglass is slipping away. Oh, yeah. Oh, hurry up absolutely. and marry me. Absolutely. Got to have kids. We got, an expi- next- we got an expiration date on this thing. So let's yeah. hurry up and seal the my deal. My ovaries
0: over. are drying up or for whatever. I mean, like, I've, I've heard it all. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I totally understand. And that. In a case, wait, wait, wait.
1: Somebody said, My ovaries are drying up to
2: you. Or are you talking about your own ovaries? No, not mine. I've heard things. I really... The
1: <laughs> <I'm, I've never, laughs> <laughs> surgery went really well last week. Yeah, last I've never heard that no, from anybody. That's really. a, Dude, that's awesome. Oh, dude. I feel like I want to meet this person just to have them say... No, I just want to hear that line. That's incredible. That, you don't. Wasn't that from when, the movie Basic Instinct? I don't know, but... I
2: don't think that's the line I ever want to hear.
0: No, that's... When you're, when you're married well, and it's like, tick, 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 tick. I mean, the worst the moment excuse you say ever. I do. The moment you say I do and it's like, all right, we're having kids
2: now, right? And in a case in a case like me, I mean, uh, I'm a dedication <laughs> kind of guy. My yeah. my motivations were pure and I'm like, well, yeah, I want to marry you. And yeah, I want to make you happy. And I was just dumb. And again, yeah. as I said, after 51 I, years, also, Keith Bo is finally not an yeah. idiot. Well, there's you know?
0: not the naiveness to it too. Like you, you're kind of, you do have like, and I think we're kind of the same type of guy. Like there's the empathetic, empathetic of it, they're like, yeah, you know, you you say vows and you want to honor them, or you, you know, you dedicate yourself to something you don't quit easily. No, and oh no, yeah, and so like you can get drug into that relationship and it leaves you there to be it, you in, actually end up enabling that person to walk on you.
2: Yeah, I know, 100%. I know, I I did, you know, and and the way it, I was I was thankful that night that that uh, that my ex wife left. Um, and uh, it was excruciatingly, indescribably painful. I know you guys, you two guys have been through a lot, but there's oh, yeah. no way you could comprehend what I went through. 30 years, five kids. Um, I remember talking to you that night. The depth of betrayal. Or the, um, I think it
0: was the next day I talked to you.
2: Yeah, but just the, the pain. I never I never in a million years thought it would ever end this way. I'd ever experience this. I'd ever be betrayed so deeply. Um, three decades, dude, you know? And, that's a um, long time. That, I mean, yeah. That's a really long time. I don't even and, know. And as far as dedication goes, um, you know, there's no other way it would have gone down than the way it went down. And I had a thing. I taped my computer, and um, I don't have it on my computer, but for months I had this thing. A year and a half I had this thing on my computer. And it said, if I remember it correctly, uh, God saw things you didn't, heard things you didn't, and made, made moves you wouldn't. So in my case, it, absolutely, that's the only that. way it ever would have gone down. Because I, you know, I'm I'm super old fashioned. I'm super conservative. I don't believe in divorce. We've had this conversation, Ryan. Yep. I don't believe in remarriage. Uh, that's just the way my lot was. And to the end, stay faithful, pay the bills, death take care of family. Yeah. yeah, you know, there is another option for me. But um, you know, it, it kind of boiled down to uh, she was having sex with some guy. Uh, then she had a boyfriend who was married, and she was never coming home again. And um it's like, well, what do you do? You know, she's been gone six months. She has a boyfriend. She's never coming home again. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? And you know, my Chris, Christian friends talked about, you know, um, no divorce in, in the case of fornication, or you can use sexual uh, impurity if you want. And then if a believer and a non-believer, you know, are yoked together, as long as he's content to be with her, let him stay. But if he wants to leave, let him go. You're not in a bondage in such situations. So she was gone, she had a boyfriend, and what else do you do, you know? Yeah. But that's the only way, because I, I never would have made that No, move. it was the same for me, though. I had to justify mine
0: that way, too. You had to find out about the infidelity in order to, like, Yeah, okay, but I, I, can I, but I,
2: I never would have made that move no. to fall for divorce or to leave for anything else. It, it had to go down the way it did, but it, I, tell, you know, I tell you what, I was thankful for it. It was a gift I never wanted. Um, Isn't that uh, the craziest part, is that the gifts we never asked for are probably the best ones? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I got, I'm free. And, and that night she left to she finally, she's someone else's problem. Mm-hmm. You know, she's drunk 24 hours a day. The kids were calling me scared all the time. The house was a mess. She was, you know, fracturing our older children, you know, it's like, thank God it's over. Not my problem. You know, it's anymore. great. So
1: I didn't friend you until today on Facebook.
2: Yeah. And I thought, well, right? I thought we were friends already. And I, 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 you know, I didn't really think about it, but. I've, I, I've been friends with your mom and Ryan for Oh, well, like I know, years. forever. <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah, crazy, yeah.
1: insane to me. And so I never really thought about it because I, I always see your post um, I don't know why, but I do, they're all over the place. I'm like, all right, cool, Keith, you know? And so I was looking at, I'm like, oh, we're not friends. But I was talking are, to my are, are we friends now? We
2: are friends, Okay, good. So, yeah, for sure. Okay, thanks.
1: Yeah. We'll, have a, we'll have a group hug we're done the broadcast. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll like hug it, it out yeah. after. Do yeah, we yeah. always yeah. hug after the thought? Yeah, we do that. <laughs> it's real. It's just Italian family here. Yeah. But no. Um, it's all of garden here. My <laughs> man,
3: <mom. laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's less breadsticks. <laughs>
1: I wish we had breadsticks. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: I love them. But you are. You're an incredible father. I mean, I hear all over the place how great of a father you are to your daughters. Mm. It blows my mind, you. I think it's uh, it's it's a good feeling.
0: No, and I, and I I'm, you know, Keith and I had coffee a couple of weeks ago, and it was like I don't know if it was a, one of the last few things that I I said to you, but I know at one point I said like I was like, you know, I am lucky to have you as a friend because you do exemplify everything that I see that like I want to be like as a dad, like the selflessness that I see for for Eden and for your what it, what's your older, daughter? Emma, Emma, older yeah my yeah. yeah like how how giving you are like it's it's crazy that like. You know, you are the, a very ambitious individual, but you are incredibly selfless when it comes to your kids. Like your ambitions kind of like disappear when, when it's time to like step up to be dad. And, and that's, and that's all, I mean, as an entrepreneur myself, like I see that and I'm like, man, I've got to have that ability to be able to like flip it on and off for Owen. Like if he's not around, I'm going to grind. But like, if he's here, no, that's where he's, he's forefront.
2: Well, I'll give you my philosophy on that was kind of interesting. So, um, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur, and um, my best friend in all the world, his name is John Palmer, and I hope you're out there listening to my voice right now, but we were Christian brothers before we became friends. We became friends because we shared our faith a lot together, right? And during the dot-com uh, investment balloon of the 1990s, uh, my friend John, he was probably making 4 or $5 million a year, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then when the dot-com implosion crashed, he lost it all. And he was an engineer, telecommunications and data engineer, brilliant guy. And he lost it all, like everything. And then he tried everything he could do to try to get it back. And the longer uh, it went on, the more pathetic his attempts were, uh, the harder he'd reach. And Was um, he selling Ethereum?
3: <laughs> all kinds Keith, of stuff.
2: Keith, Keith knows who we're talking about
0: when he mentioned Ethereum or <laughs> living, in a, living in an apartment or – Taking workout
2: photos. Oh, anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. <go> but uh, <laughs> so his his, his get rich quick schemes, his get rich quick screen get sorry get rich quick schemes got more and more pathetic and far fetched all the time. He would spent every nickel he had uh, buying into these information products, studying things, going to seminars, and he was a very brilliant engineer. And he'd write these really elaborate business plans on how he's going to get from here to here. You know, from point A to, to Z, right? The finish line. And he's going to have so much income and blah, 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 right? And uh, he worked so incredibly hard. But the thing is, is that none of that was real. Those were his imaginations. A lot of people, especially in Christian circles, they decide what they want in their life this job, this career, this whatever. And they decide, well, I think this is God's will for my life. And not only that, they say, I think this is how God's going to give it to me, right? And all that is pure imagination. We don't know squat, right? Zero. (laughs) Right. So in the case of John's business plans, um, If I did everything Bill Gates did or Jeff Bezos did exactly the way they did it, every step of the way, every benchmark, every timeline, if I did everything Bill Gates did, that does not mean I'll have Bill Gates results. No. Right? Because what's true for Bill Gates isn't true for me. Mm -hmm. Right? That's not necessarily my reality. Yeah. You're not going to have the same people put in your path. Right. So what I learned, so I said I retired when I was 44 years old, right? And what I learned, you know, okay, what am I going to do with this part two of my life, right? I said, you know what? (laughs) All these plans and It's pure fantasy. I let go and I said, okay, I have no plans, right? Um, Every day I wake up and I use my God-given sight and I look around and it's like, okay, what's the present situation? What do I got to work with? What has traction? What do people like? What opportunities am I seeing today? Tomorrow doesn't exist. Tomorrow's not real. Forget about it. What do I have in my hands? What can I do with what God gave me? That I can see with my sight. And it can change daily, right? Yeah. So when I first got into um, this kind of an interesting backstory to North Idaho life, um, I used to be uh, into photography when I was a teenager. And before I moved to Idaho, I was living in Seattle. And I started taking cell phone pictures of all the stuff I had gained new appreciation for as I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a ferry boat in Mount Rainier. Huh, I've been looking at that damn thing for 25 years. But you know what? It's kind of pretty. <laughs> and I uh, think things like that. Right. So I started retaking pictures and when I came out here. I just started exploring all over the place, taking lots of pictures. And I looked at some of these photos. And I'm like, yeah, they're pretty good. So the first one that really charted my course was I was in Post Falls, the Walgreens on I-90. And at the edge of the parking lot, they have these red oak trees. And this was November 10th. I actually remember the date. And uh, the red oak trees were just hey, after my birthday. Yeah, that's yeah. how I remember.
0: Okay.
2: Of These red oak trees were just blood red, right? right? And as I looked across to the south over the f- interstate, you had that Catholic church with a copper steeple. Mm-hmm. You had Mount Blossom over here, the copper steeple up on the right side of it. And then because of standing under these oak trees, you had the red oak leaves going around Mount Blossom and up and over around the steeple and then around to the signal mountain the other side, right? So it's perfectly framed in these blood red, um, red oak trees, leaves, right? And I snapped that picture and I cropped out I-90, and it was just the most beautiful pastoral scene you ever saw. Just this copper steeple church. Oh. You don't see civilization. Here's the mountain going around, the red oak leaves beautiful. So I called the Cordlane Press and I said, You guys take any reader reader photos? I said, sure. So she gave me the, the email address to the head photographer at the time um, and I emailed those to him. He said, Oh, these are great. Where'd you take them? You know, the who, where, when kind of thing. And he printed the paper. Like, hey, look at that. Cool. Hot dang, you know? And I took another one. It's pretty good. And I sent it to him and he printed it. Was that the one out the Cataldo mission? Because that one's pretty cool. That's the one I
0: when I we say North Idaho life. That's the one that I think of.
2: Which which one at Cataldo? The exterior one with lupines. Yeah, yeah, lupine flowers. Yeah, that, that was a good one. That's yeah. a great photo. And I went there this spring, and they they didn't bloom. <clears throat> oh, yeah, great picture. But um, anyway, so the more I would print, uh, send them the paper, the more, more they'd print, and and. Uh, and then my ex-wife, was, was she gaslighted the hell out of me, right, for years and years and years. That'd be a whole different topic of conversation. But so in the morning, I'd get up excited. My kids are excited. Mm-hmm. I'd kick off the pot of coffee, run outside, grab the paper, flip it open on my kitchen counter, you know. Hey, look, here's my picture. And she wouldn't even look up. She'd be on the other side of the room uh, with a glass of wine in her hand, sitting on the couch. And she wouldn't even look. She'd just give me a sneer, right? Here's my picture in the front page of the newspaper. Hey, you know. And then she says to me once, she says, What? You're going to be a photographer now? Right? And Ouch. I'd, I'd, I'd semi-retard, like, Sounds like you already were. And I said, <laughs> I said to I her, said, I, said, I, said, I don't know. I don't know, but people like it. She made me feel like such an incredible loser. Right? A Funny mm-hmm. story about that, too. Why don't I just tell that story? Then I'll get back to where yeah, I was going. So you just,
1: Rabbit trails. We're all doing right, this. We, right. We're we on this. it. Let's roll. Make all it all happen. Right. <laughs> so, probably
2: probably seven years ago, I think, I went to see a therapist in Coeur d'Alene. And um, I. I felt like such a failure in life. I wanted to go back to my ex, which I was married to at the time. So I guess I'd say I want to go to my wife. I wanted to apologize to her for ruining her life. I was a financial failure. I was ugly. I was fat. I was a bad father. Um, I was just a complete failure in life. I wanted to apologize to her for ruining her life, right? And so I'm talking to this guy. And um, he knows that I started North Idaho Life. I semi-retired at 44. I was working as a professional photographer for Sizzle Magazine and cord lane Magazine. I just got my real estate license. My first six months as a real estate agent, I had $1.1 million in closed business my first six months. Holy crap. And what they said at the office- And that was
0: in like 2017, Market right? 2015, 2015, 2014. That's awesome. And then, because <laughs> like the house prices then, the mini house price was
2: like 155 Yeah, it was cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but actually, one-, one million in closed business closed at escrow in in my first six months. That's awesome. And uh, I first started at Century 21, and what they said, they said, not only has that never happened before, they said, none of us have ever heard of that before, right? And uh, so I'm talking to this therapist. And uh, he's listening to me, and and I'm telling him what a miserable failure I was. I'm a horrible husband. My life's a disaster, blah, 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 you know. And (laughs) you probably don't hear this much from a licensed therapist, right? Mm -hmm. And he cuts me off (laughs) mid-sentence. He cuts me off mid-sentence and and stares me with his mouth hanging open. And he says, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) He says, are you crazy? (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he says, <laughs> he says, you are the most successful person I've ever met. And he said, you reinvented yourself at 44 years old. You retired in your mid-40s. You became a photographer. You got a huge online following. Any events I do, like supper clubs or masquerade uh-huh. balls, I'd sell out. Mm-hmm. 1.1 million closed business real estate sales. He said, you've succeeded at everything you've ever put your hand to. You're mad stuck. He says, are you crazy? And then I realized- Right then, not everybody hates me, right? (laughs) Yeah. I do a supper club, I do something, and I'll have 400 fans in the room who think I'm just the greatest guy, and I have one lady sitting in the back who's just giving me the, the death look, and I lose all my confidence. Not everybody in this room hates me. And I realized when he said that, that you know what? He's right. It's not me. It's her. Yeah.
0: How many people listening, though, like, I mean, men and women have encountered that?
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's, um, it's crazy. Like yeah, I feel know, like that's I've, I've, empath life, also. Yeah. And, and looking back, sure. look, looking Absolutely. back, you know, she never had anything nice to say about anybody or anything. Not our kids, not our kids' spouses, not her parents. Nope, she had never anything nice about anybody. Not I, I can't even fathom her internal
1: struggle. I mean, imagine, and it, it it sucks because when when you think about that, you have to think about what do they think about themselves? If that's how they're looking at somebody like you,
2: how do they feel about them? I think I think she was projecting. Her low self-esteem oh, 100% and when I'd go and I'd speak in public at a podium and I'd speak she hated it when I'd when i speak in public because I think she felt Probably like it was he her it. I think she felt like it was her and she felt embarrassed yeah. right because she had such low self-esteem and this kind of stuff right but I finally said you know what he's right not everybody hates me well, I'm just going to do my thing you know okay so let, let me let's try
1: just from her perspective right let's put somebody like that um, and I'm, I'm not going to call her a loser I'm going to say you know, you guys make your own your own ideas right <laughs> And put her next to you, and it's going to sound weird, but the it's like it's like being a beta and standing next to a true alpha. You feel small and worthless, right? And you're a successful guy that has everything going for him, and she's got nothing. So the I, I more would, you, yeah, you would, do, I would, I the lower she's going to feel. Though I wouldn't, right? I wouldn't say I'm an alpha. You know, um, well, I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just trying to give it perspective, right? Because you are successful, right? It'd be like, it'd be like me sitting next to Jeff Bezos. I mean, here's this guy that's incredible and i'm just kind of you know trotting along just trying to yeah, live he, life you he know does,
2: he doesn't work out he's bald i mean I think, ah, it I would think be
0: I, like us going on joe rogan's show trying to like pump our show yeah yeah okay uh, that, I, that's fair I, enough i think i
2: think jeff would pale in comparison sit next to you tristan <laughs> no, <laughs> but, no way but, but no uh, really i mean honestly his wife's single, so, uh, what's up i don't i i don't i wouldn't i wouldn't say that's it and and i am not an alpha male type uh i think i'm influential but if you ever see me at an event, I'm not... No, it's charismatic. <laughs> it's, you're about... I, and that's it. I'm in the background. You know, I'm not... Uh, even in a supper club, I stand up and speak, but I... It's, 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 but you're still leading the way, it's though. Funny, it's funny. It's, it's not the Keith Bo show. I'm just. I'm not like that. Because I've seen you in public spaces. Yeah. And you're not the type that's
0: going to go seek out the who's who. No. You're going to see, you know, the guy in, in, you know, Warren Levi's sitting in a button-up shirt off to the side... And go introduce yourself to that guy. And sometimes that guy is like the one that actually could be the most powerful in the room. You never know. Yeah. But I mean, we're in North Idaho, after all. he was a multimillionaire. Even, you know, even the
2: masquerade ball would have six or seven hundred people there. It was never the Keith Bo show. I've never no, on stage saying, "Oh, no, no, hey, no. welcome all my guests." I I didn't really I didn't make a public appearance. And you know? I think that's the thing about like North Idaho. I life, just
0: blend it in. That you know? it's like you know you are very adamant about why I've been involved with it because there is literally no agenda. There's no agenda whatsoever. None. There is no. agenda. It's just. Show up and don't bring your drama. Like, leave your drama at the doorstep yep. and just enjoy what we have. Yeah.
2: That's the only, like, there's only one rule. Be nice, right? Be, give be give nice. more than you take. Yep. Be nice, be kind, have fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know? Um, I just feel
1: like, I mean, if I had really low self-esteem, standing next to somebody successful would make me feel lower. Yeah. And that that's all I'm saying is that if you're drinking that much, if you've got these issues and everything— if I was with somebody successful, I would feel less and less and less. I just and I, I'd probably turn to that
2: same person also and
1: just sneer at everything you did too, which sounds horrible.
2: Yeah, I just think but, I, I just think it was more that that I embarrassed her because uh, I was adventurous and bold and in the public eye, and she was not. So when Keith Bowes out sticking his neck out there, she hated that.
0: Um, also, it raises the standards for her, and she's unwilling to equal herself to be worth being with you. Yeah, so you, she's got to bring you back down to her Keith, level. You're, you're being humble comfort. right now. i I'm, dude, I'm <laughs> telling you right now, well, I, no, she I'm, couldn't
2: step up her game to be a better person, to be with Keith Bowe. I'll give her the grace that <laughs> that's not everybody's comfort level, sure. which is sure, very right? true. Yes. Some people hate public speaking. Mm-hmm. I'm, well, not I'm com- just saying a quality
0: human being. I'm not talking about speaking in front of a microphone.
2: Uh, anyway, let's, let's go on where it was. Right. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. So, so back to Walgreens. Yeah. Yes. So she so <laughs> went to the, the, are you crazy thing, right? Yeah, are yes. you crazy? So this is back to business plan. So, um, so, you know, my ex said, you know, with, with a scoff and a sneer, what, you're going to be a photographer now, you know? And I said, I don't know. I don't know, but people like it. I don't know. It has traction. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, so I started North Idaho life to share my photography. Right. And, um, it's a group, so it's collaborative. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of my own work, and my favorite pictures I've personally taken aren't other people's favorites. So my best work, people look at and say, eh, it's okay. And the photos I've taken that they don't really like that much, like, oh, this is beautiful, I love it, you know? But so I want it more collaborative, so I could kind of sh- throw my stuff out there and other people could throw in and kind of be a group thing. So
1: and, um, can I pause real fast? Yeah. N- 93,000. 93,000. 000-
0: Members. Mm. Yeah. North Idaho life. Yeah. Yeah. When did you start this? Now now look at the foodies page. Is another, what, 41,000 No, foodies
2: like 27, 27, 28. okay. Yeah. I mean, so f- over 100. F- five, five years over, I mean,
0: yeah, there's a lot of double ups too. But yeah, I yeah, mean, that's like 100,000 100, plus reach. Oh, well, well, yeah, easy. In yeah. what time frame
2: though? Yeah, five years. That's, yeah. that, that's pretty maybe, solid. Maybe that's, that's good bl- growth. That's blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and and the thing that scared me is it is is once we once we hear about 2000 members I'm thinking oh gosh crap now what's going to happen because <laughs> the, I used to write for the Seattle Times a little bit and the Seattle PI mm-hmm. and the comment section was just disgusting.
0: Yep. I remember the early days of North Idaho Life comment section was brutal. Just
2: ferocious, hateful, spiteful name calling. It's like oh my gosh, this the is The vitriol that, that, that would venom. come out was yeah, yeah it terrible. was bad. <laughs> <laughs> and and I learned pretty quick that, um, you know, you get rid of the bad apples and everyone's happy. So you might have one guy out there who's just has that propensity to start cussing out strangers and cutting people down and throwing his opinions. And some people a lot of people sit on the fence too that. If someone starts it, they'll dogpile. yeah, yeah, but you find that one troublemaker and boot him and everyone's happy. So the fact that it's ninety three thousand people right now, and it's nice, and polite and kind is shocking in today's internet world. Oh yeah, shocking. You know? I wish I could it's, get exactly. on and show you how many are
0: blocked. Oh, there's, there's like It's well, gotta be. It's gotta be in the thousands now.
2: But it's but it's also people who aren't from the, America. The noodle and, names. Yeah, yeah It's Yeah, just, just a series of noodles is their name, and, and you know. Um. So how this the thing back to business plan and future. This goes yeah. into this goes into parenting, right? So, what are you do? You're gonna be a photographer for now. I don't know, but people like it. And North Idaho Life started to take off, right? And um, so people over time started seeing me as the unofficial mayor of North Idaho. And people called me that.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. You're
2: the mayor of North Idaho, right? And then people started coming to me for help. You know, uh, I need someone to mow my grandma's yard. I'm trying to find a house. in Athol, what do you think? And and looking for someone to marry me in Sandpoint, you know. And, and just you name it, I became the go-to guy. And then in, and this goes about my business plan, I don't, make business plans and don't set goals ever. When I first started at Century 21, it drove them nuts because you start backwards. How much money do you want to make? Okay, that's yeah, so many yeah. transactions, which is so many cold it's, calls and so many- It's the same in our industry yeah. too, yeah. 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 I'm yeah. like, no, I'm not going to do that because that's not real, right? And um, But what happened, I had a guy contact me from Minnesota and he was following the page and he said, he's going to retire from the fire department. And he said, want to buy a place out there in North Idaho to retire in. I'm thinking either Athol or, or Spirit Lake, what do you think? Kind of chat with him for a bit is up the mayor of North Idaho, right? And in the next week, uh, this gal contacts me, and she's, um, her and her husband are in the Air Force. And she was in California, and uh, they're originally from here. She was from Post Falls. He was from the Silver Valley. They're going to retire from the Air Force and want to come back home. And she says, I'm out taking pictures and traveling around and doing my thing. She says, if you just so happen to see a farmer put a for sale sign in front of 40 acres with a barn, let us know. and Anywhere within two hours of Post Falls, right? I'm not a real estate agent. I'm just a dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that same day, the firefighter from the week before contacts me and he says, "Hey, me and my wife are just having trouble finding a house online. Can you help us find a house?" Right. I thought, well, I ought to get my real estate license to, to help people. Yeah, you know. And um, so it, one thing led to another, led to another, and um, uh, you know, so you're you going to be going to be a photographer now. I don't know, but people like it. Well, that turned into real estate. You know, and I'm not a money motivated guy whatsoever. I work with people who come to me on request. I'm not a developer. I'm not buying at the program. I'm not doing any of that kind of stuff, right? One of my greatest transactions I ever had. Do you have a cough button? Um, no, but I have a mute button. All right.
1: Good. <laughs> Good to go back. Thank you. Nice. Yeah.
2: So I'll tell you two of the greatest transactions I ever did, and this might give you a little bit of insight into into me. But a lady contacted me in the Silver Valley and she says, um, I need help. I've been trying to sell my house for 11 years. Um, the last guy listed it for a whole year and he came out and ripped the post out of the yard and left a big hole, and everyone said a word after he just pulled the post and he's Holy gone. Right? And she said, I need to get my house sold. My ex husband is getting out of prison. He's been in prison for 11 years and I want this house gone before he gets out of prison. And he was in prison, sentenced to 11 years for being a bad husband and a bad father, and I'll spare you the details. Uh, But there's some scarred lives there involved. And she wanted that gone before he got out of prison because it was in both their names. And um, she said, all I want out of it is a used car. The car she was driving, she bought for $100. And it had a smashed windshield that was caved in from a deer strike, mm-hmm. and she used to get tickets because it was unsafe because you couldn't see out the windshield. That's the car she was driving. She lived down the road in a single wide trailer without plumbing and had a porta potty out front. What? Right? Yeah. And she wanted this house gone before her husband got out of ex husband got out of prison. And so, if you can get me enough money so I can get a used car, I'm I'd be thrilled. Right. And. The same when you get out, if you go to Bible school and you become a pastor, they don't turn anything down. First job, pastor, church, you take it, right? You know? Yeah. Real estate so you, I'm, you know, and anyone who was out there is practicing real estate or thinking about starting it, don't turn anything down. You got a single wide trailer piece of junk. You got whatever. You got problematic buyers and sellers. You don't turn anything down, right? You're going to gain experience. It's always a lesson. Right. You're going to gain yeah. experience. And then we we're working on something big or something complicated or something, you know, where there's threats going on. You know exactly the deal. No one is going to push around and pull the wool over your eyes because you are well-seasoned on the streets from doing these horrible Mm -hmm. deals and making things happen for people, right? So um, I worked my butt off on this one for probably eight months, and there was tons of problems with it, right? And um, finally, we had an accepted offer, and uh, come to find out that in title, uh, we found out that there was liens on the house— and in order to sell her house, she would have to come up with like $10,000 to give to the title company to pay off the debts just to get rid of her house. Wow. And she didn't have a pot to piss in, literally. Yeah. <laughs> she had to pour it yeah. in the front yard, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, my gosh. So I hired a gal out of Spokane who's a negotiator. One of the debts was her ex-husband's defense attorney had put a lien on the house for $5,000 uh, for his legal bills. And and I knew about that. And there was enough equity to pay that off Mm -hmm. but what i didn't know until the final title search was that he puts this snake put such a high interest rate on it that um, that five thousand dollars grew to be twenty eight thousand dollars good lord right she had a credit card bill that was twelve thousand dollars that grew to nineteen thousand dollars right so we negotiated all that down and uh and i bought a car for my daughter emma it was a cadillac i bought it from a real estate friend of mine he was old it was like a late 90s Cadillac, but an 8 cylinder motor and I bought it for Emma's first car. It's a solid car. Yeah. But then I had uh I bought my ex-wife a new car and so I had her old one, so I didn't need the Cadillac. So we negotiated all the, all the rates down and and I was able to get her um I cut my commission, right, to make the mm. deal work and was able to get her uh, I don't know, $3500 back and gave her the Cadillac and I really didn't make anything on it. Yeah. That was perfect. Another one I did, I had a, a family in Post Falls, and they had kind of a geriatric uh, biker. Um, what do you call them when, when old people are put in a house to die? Oh, uh, hospice. Yeah, hospice yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a hospice for old bikers. And um, uh, I went there one day. The investor owned it and he had to give her some properties and stuff. And um, oh, this place was a disaster. Um, you know they just take their ashtrays, just dump them on the carpet, yeah, on the floor, and um, underneath the back pe- porch was hundreds of beer cans underneath the back porch, <laughs> and then the couple there didn't want to move. Um, and there was probably eight people in this in this place, and the main couple they, they didn't want to move. And I said, well, I tell you what, let's you're the first option. You live here, this is your home. They've been renting it. Let's see if we can make this yours, right? Yeah. And gosh, it wasn't easy. <laughs> um, the, the only way I could make this work is if I did it for zero commission, I would make not a penny. Right. Got it done. So, How did it pass inspection? Um, Went through a private lender. Okay. You know, and, and the home, the home, you know, I- inspection, well, inspection and appraisal are different, right? So what affects you on appraisal is, you know, cracked windows, um, you know, bad roof. Uh, Foundation issues, like that. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the house had good bones. It was just disgusting. So an appraiser is not going to care. They'll, they'll rate the house excellent, fair, poor. But um, you know, I had good walls, decent carpet, full of ashtrays and everything else. But, but anyway, I was able to get them that house without taking a penny. On, on that, was, that was the best day in real estate I ever had. Wow. keys I your home. I made nothing on it. Um, but so back to business planning, Right. Um, even with iron pizza, I, I never make business plans. It, it's, it, you know, it looked good. Uh, it had traction, it had opportunity and every day is different. Right. So what do I have in my hands this day, dear God, mm-hmm. what can I do? Do my best with, right. And life is short. And, uh, it kind of goes back to the, the apostles prayer, you know, give us this day, our daily bread. What they mean is give us today. So today, give us our daily bread for today, today, not tomorrow. Not for next week, not for next month, not my five-year plan. Give us today the daily bread we need for today, and that's it. Everything else will get you into trouble, okay? So when it goes to business and when it goes to parenting, right, when you look at some of my, you know, fatherly role with my kids in Eden, right? So, um, you know, I I take lots of joy in packing her school lunches, right? Mm -hmm. And she's going to school with her friends. Um, Okay, here's an opportunity. What do I have in my hands I got my daughter. I got my kid. I can cook. I'm going to make you something kind of special, you know, every day. You know, both daughters. My, my da- other daughter's in college. She just finished um, ethnician school, but she's in college. She'd make her lunch every day. I loved it, right? Look forward <laughs> to it every, every night. That's awesome. Get you home know, from work and, okay, rub my hands together. I know what Emma likes, you know, uh, style of food. And they cook mm-hmm. to- two totally different styles of lunches, right? And um, love it. And, you know, it's Eden's birthday. Okay, you know what? Today is the greatest day of my life. Every day. So when I woke up this morning, Keith Bo, today is the greatest day of Keith Bo's life ever in the history of the world. And I'm going to make it so. I'm going to go to bed with a clear conscience. I did my best for everything and everyone today. And I love that. Yeah. And it's true. So for your listeners out there, forget about your worries and your fears and everything else. You have what you have. You have what you've been given in your hands. Make today the best day of your life. Awesome. You know, that goes with my kids.
0: Yeah. So I think this might be a good spot for a uh, commercial break and then we'll come back. Oh yeah.
1: Sorry, I was just kinda lost in that. I don't you know, want to I'm cut like, you I'm off, like, hey, but I mean you I, know, like, yeah, we I got, got a nice little
0: <laughs> landing spot for that one. So yeah. yeah. We'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back.
2: If I if I can figure it out today, because my brain's not working. I could use some water and blow my nose. We're back. Yeah. Um and
0: uh, we've still got Keith with us. Survive. Oh. Yep. <laughs> so um, you know, we've been talking about you know, kind of some fatherhood, kind of just getting your life story, I guess it's been not my whole life story, but
2: you know what? I I, lo- I love sharing it because I, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a deep contemplator. I think deeply about all this stuff, right. Yeah. About, you know, my former marriage, my, my kids, what life means, what life means for them, what their life looks like to them in their eyes and, and, and that kind of thing. So I, I'd love talking and sharing about it. I mean, uh, and especially to, to reach people, younger people, you know, like with that dating thing. Like, don't you ever marry someone you haven't dated at least two years? Right? You don't know how they treat their aging parents. You don't know how they act when they're on vacation. Are they obnoxious and psycho? You don't know what secrets they haven't revealed about themselves. You don't know anything. You know, yeah. those kind of things, which is why I love sharing.
0: You know, and so like, let's take the aspect of dating, because um, it's probably a lot different now. Than it was then. Um, maybe. I'm assuming. I don't know. For me, I found it. Things have changed within seven years. Things kind of well, got the past way ten years have been way different.
2: Well, I'm a, I'm a I'm a newbie. I'm I'm um I'm fish out of water, dude. But you guys can ask me a question. You guys asked me a question. Before, you know, before we kind of casually talk before we got in the air, and um, you know, being followed by hundred some thousand people and being influential, um, you know, what's it like for me? Um you know what's interesting <laughs> is that uh I was married for thirty years, yeah right, and um once mr
0: mr Keith Bo got back on the market uh no, yeah no. <laughs> So how'd your
1: d m s look keith <laughs> <laughs> you, uh...
2: <laughs> this is this, this this is an- inter- interesting thing okay is that <laughs> who's I, the
0: more daring the older the
2: young <laughs> no, i can't I, 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 I... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm putting you guys in timeout. Right? Um, but the interesting thing is I, I was married for she 30. Disciplined I, on our own show. Okay. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. It's what you get for having an old guy raise five kids. And are you youngsters? You, you whippersnappers. step yeah, down yeah. over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you have only have, what, eight years on me? I'm um, 51.
1: Okay. So, you, yeah, you've got nine then. Okay. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Well, whatever. But the interesting thing is I was, I was
2: married for 30 years, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. I did not get hit on once in thirty years. Not a single Seriously. damn time. Not once. Right? That's really weird because usually you
1: put a ring on your finger, and girls go insane. No, nope, but you weren't a bar hopper, right? You no, probably didn't no, hang out at those places, no, 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 and that's no, no, that's probably no. why.
2: And and online respectful. and online with the DMs and the PMs, the rest of the kind of stuff. Um, no, nothing Isn't that weird that and, it went from PM to DM. It was oh,
1: a private it, message, and I was like, "What does D mean? Direct direct message." Sh- yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm glad but you guys know the,
2: the thing. I, the thing I almost kind of enjoy about that or kind of like myself about that, I think is uh, I don't give off that vibe. I don't give off that vibe of Keith Bowes on the prowl. Keith Bowes got eyes. Keith Bowes available Mm -hmm. wild and crazy guy. I I don't, you know, I think I probably give off that grandfatherly church pastor kind of vibe and I'm just not hit on, you know, I'm kind Mm -hmm. of glad I had, had one gal (laughs) who was getting kind of pushy. You said, who's better, the younger, the old one. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and I, I got to be really careful here, but I'll just say that she's older.
0: <laughs> okay,
2: and she's probably
0: not listening to our podcast. I'm sure. What's that game? See, where If, you're, if I wait. share
2: the podcast, my Facebook page, she might. Oh, okay. What's, well, what's then, that? Uh,
1: no. What's that game? Where, where it's you know like, are they white or black? Do they have guess who? Guess who? Yeah, yeah. I feel like we're, we're doing this game, Keith. <laughs> Playing a little guess who right now. Oh, it, boy. Blonde or, or dark
0: hair? What do you? Have? <laughs> Have glasses, mustache no, or not. No, no, no glasses? <laughs> no, she didn't She didn't have a mustache. Well, that's good. We yeah. can't assume gender anymore these days, so we can't
2: do. <laughs> uh, but but she was getting, was she was over. getting kind, <laughs> kind of pushy, you know. And, and and a friend said, Hey, are you single? I got a friend. I'm like, Oh, I'm not really, you know, and looking and again, oh, just meet my friend, we'll go have fun. And and it just, I, I didn't like it, you know. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I did, I online dated for a little while last summer. Um, and, uh, did you actually go on dates from that or no, I I never met a single person. And That's exactly
0: how my experience was. Yep. And, and, you know, it's kind of scary for me being, it's as bad when you go on dates. Yeah. But you know, it, it, Uh, it, it's not that bad. It made me feel
2: like I was for sale. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and a
2: face would pop up, like you get the little sound effect (laughs) and here's some creepy looking lady who looking at the camera, like she wants to carve your head into an ashtray. Right. (laughs) Hey, good looking. I'm like, oh my gosh! These people are looking at me and crawling me and popping on my screen, and it it, it was yucky as hell. My you
1: know? mother and I have talked about this, um, Keith. the The people that popped up, did they look like they were ten years older than you? Also, yeah, they did, but they're in the same age range, right? I don't, I don't know. It, it, my so my experience, I didn't do was, a whole lot
2: of clicking around. <laughs> look, it's like, ooh, <clears> I you
1: know? I was on for a while, a long while, and I I exposed my. My dating profile—it uh, was like episode three. It was Rick Astley. It was, it's awesome. I, I should. His show it profile it to you. It's profile pictures. It was Asley. Rick Astley, and I used really? it, I used his lyrics from his two hits as part of it. It was just he, fun. he had
2: two hits. I just thought, yeah,
1: yeah, it was two, okay. yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> but so I
1: get these pop-ups, and it'd be people my age that looked ten to twenty years older than me.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, and my mom same experience.
2: I've, all I know is I I felt. I felt like I was for sale. I felt... Uh, kind of trashing. I felt uh, um, exploited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know who these people were. And being, being a well-known guy... I had some people on Facebook message me. Hey, I saw you on yeah, Christian I, Mingle. Yeah, you I want to get that. a cup of coffee? i like, no, no, I don't uh, want any of this. No. <laughs> message me
0: on there. I'm too cheap to pay for the membership. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> No, no but, I don't want I any
2: mean, of this. I, I had one lady try to talk to me, and she was like in Spokane, and, and she looked like a mouse. and. And she's like, hey, you're new to the scene. I've been doing this for a long time with the dating thing. Uh, you have any questions, ask me. Uh, and then she starts ripping about her job, how much she hates her job and the company she works with that hates her boss, hates me like, oh, my gosh, this is a disaster. Get me out of here. Get me yeah. off this train. You know? You no, know, that's, you know, as one of the
0: other single guys in the room, I guess, like the dating thing, it's interesting because I've met some great people. I have. Like, I mean, I've, I've made friends with them. And like, they've stuck around, like it's, it's kind of weird, that but I've weird. also met some really <laughs> disastrous human beings. And it sounds like, cause they probably could turn around and say the same about me too. And that was, you know, I think early on when I was on there, I was self-sabotaging. Like I really didn't want to be in a relationship, even though yeah. I had, I liked the idea of it. I didn't like the commitment aspect of it because it put me out there to get hurt again. We all want to feel wanted. Yeah.
2: And I don't know how well the, you know, the, the screening process works, you know, you kind of fill out the personality profiles thing is I'm a Christian, um, single dad. Uh, if you're looking for a hookup, you got the wrong guy, you know, and, uh, I'm either looking for a platonic best friend to hang out with or marriage, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And kind of thing. And you give my value system, right? Nobody cared. These creeps popping on the page these gals yep. like they weren't
0: dude i was seeing like 20 21 year old girls for a while and it was super creepy like did that you, one did you really, read my profile yeah it's like and I, I put it out there like right up front too i'm a strong christian guy you can't like match those values i'm sorry but like it's just not gonna work like that's not it's that's a deal breaker i had mine listed under uh just looking and only because when
1: you put marriage it was like Hey, let's go on a date, and three dates later, it's let's get married. Remember
2: the two year rule.
1: Yeah, and then, yeah. and I'm like, I'm not that guy. I'm like, no, I'm I'm the I'm the two and a half three year guy that says I wait too long to say I love you. So here's, like, here's,
2: here's something else interesting. I, I promised my girl girls this after after my ex wife left. Right. Uh-huh. I said, you know what? Um, I have no desire to ever get tangled up with a woman again. I don't need it. I don't need that. I Don't necessarily want that. I'm happy by myself. I have no desire to ever get tangled up with a woman again. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, but. If I do, it's going to be by accident with someone who became my best friend. Love it. You know? That's how it should be. That's awesome. And the online dating thing was not that at all. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> it was not an accident. These I, people weren't my friends. Yeah. It was
0: just creepy. And I don't want to ever advocate. I mean, I think it's more like, because I've been cynical about online dating. It's like when you wake up in the middle of the night, look in the fridge, hoping that there's something good to eat. You keep opening and closing that door thinking every time you open it, something <laughs> different will say every time I look at the fridge, yeah, every time you do this, that, is, look at the that is online dating to a T you yes, know I, that there's really yeah. not anything good in there. When it's Once really in that, a while you get yeah. lucky and you find the leftover cake and you're like, ah, when, oh, really it. It,
2: when really it's at ceviche, I should have thrown out last week. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He start, usually start it's to go like, south on me. Yeah. You start oh, cleaning yeah, it out yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that salad dressing is like four years old. Mustard expires. <laughs> Gosh, I guess <laughs> so. Does it? I I don't know. It's like old vinegar. I don't know if it can, but okay. I mean, I just, Um,
0: but yeah, it's it's,
2: it's still good. (laughs) I I got, I got my, I got my mother once a while back. Um, you know, she's had health issues. She's, she's older, you know, and, and, uh, I went through cabinets and cupboards once and, and being a foodie kind of guy, you can't oh. leave you can't leave cooked food out on the stove top. You have yeah. to pack it, put it away, grows bacteria, and then I went through her fridge, like you probably with the older folks and everything's expired. Oh my god. This my mustard grandma's. this, this mustard expired four years ago. This milk expired three weeks ago. This margarine was a food product expired five years ago. It's like mm-hmm. you can't you can't keep yeah. all this I mean, way expired. Not just no, a I'm, few days or a week. I mean like yeah. years expired. She's probably a child of the depression, right? No. No? My grandparents were you. Okay. I'm not, I'm not that old. Well, no, No, my
0: grandma was a child like of folks that had gone through the great depression. And so she never threw away anything. I like, I can vividly remember annually. We would like, it was especially with like my cousins and my aunt were in town. Or, and like my mom and my sister and I would go to, we'd go to grandma's house and it was a clean grandma's house day. We'd go, you know, <laughs> do the bushes and everything. And then the last thing we would do before we would leave and clean our house was we would go through that refrigerator and throw away all the expired stuff. Yep. We had found like salad dressing. I'm not kidding you. That was eight years. Oh old. yeah. It was older than me. It <clears throat> okay, yeah. was so salad dressing. We threw away at the time that was yeah. older yep. than I was.
2: You know how to really tell if someone has been through the great depression. <laughs> we had to this conversation with my girls last night. If they save wrapping paper, yeah. Yep. So we opened presents for Eden last night and you've ripped the wrapping paper up and you crumble the ball and you throw it on the floor kind of thing. My grandmother very carefully takes scissors and very carefully cut the tape and unfold the wrapping paper and then she'd fold it back up to save wrapping paper. Yeah. Christmas, birthdays, she saved all the wrapping paper.
0: I save bags. I mean, like I'll reuse gift bags. So like, I want oh,
2: <laughs> gift just, bags, are, yeah, totally. Different. I I, re- I reuse gift bags because I'm lazy. Yeah. I'm dude I'm lazy. I don't want to go yeah. back
0: to Target and go have to find one. Like, it's like, yeah, I'll and, just and, go through the closet. And for your
2: birthday, you might get a gift bag with a snowman on it because yeah. I, that's what I had. <laughs> Merry <laughs> birth to Christmas. <laughs> I mean, you
0: know, that's what it is. It's a- Merry birthday. <laughs> it's in a bag. No, it's like, you know, you really know what, it too. is like cool containers where Tupperware, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, well, Country that is Croc, isn't it? Country mm-hmm. crock, like margarine containers and the mystery leftover in that yeah, one let me send you home with some like leftovers like from dinner and it's like oh sweet cool i don't container. think
1: i think my issue is that. so i buy salad dressings and i love condiments and getting all that stuff right mm-hmm. i don't use them very often because i don't think it through all the way and then just years down the road i'm like is there an actual expiration date on these things and i look and i'm like oh wow i've had that for a long time now <laughs> and i don't yeah. notice it i you don't even think about it five-year-old jar of pickles in the back of the fridge i mean look quite yeah. literally i went through and emptied out my fridge down here Um and I was so proud of myself because I'm like, oh yeah, expiration date. I'm going to throw it away now because I'm growing, I guess. <laughs> I know it's like an adult move or something.
2: <laughs> I don't Wait, know. You want to talk about narcissism a little bit.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I like how you're like driving the children. Yeah, I mean, so. hey guys, awesome. stay on topic. All right, Keith's your. Uh, we're not we, getting around here, guys. So next week it's going to be Keith, Bo, and Tristan. I guess I'm out. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's it's interesting. Uh, I've been thinking about this a lot, and you know, narcissist is something that gets easily and cheaply thrown around. It could be an easy, cheap label. Someone throws out. I think it's oh, a, they're a narcissist. It's an easy cop out, especially after a bad breakup. Yep. Too. Because, because you know, any gal or guy, whatever they say, Oh, well he's a narcissist. That explains everything. Why? You're, you're, ju- you're justified. Stay with you. You're so just a narcissist. Right. Yep. Right. Or I'm a domineering. What's that term?
0: Self-righteous. No, no, no. no. They,
2: this independent. Yeah. So I'm a domineering, strong, independent woman. And this guy doesn't do everything I say. He's a narcissist, right? He didn't <laughs> yeah, he's a narcissist, right? right. Um, Narcissists can be selfish, but it's interesting. Yep. So I was, I was talking to my friend who's a, uh, the Harvard PhD, right? Okay. And talking about narcissism, right? I know this friend. You know this friend. Yeah. You referred me to that friend. Yeah. Right. And um, so I'm talking to her and, and you know, she says, well, one thing that a narcissist is not capable of empathy at all. At all. It's a personality disorder. Uh, it's very sharply defined and they're not capable of empathy goes in their further subject. And I'm a very self-reflective guy, right? <laughs> I know where this and is going. I, I went, I went through, you know, a 30 year marriage and, uh, and stuff. And so I said, there's certain traits she hear on narcissism, right? One is they never take blame. It's never my fault. And two is my way or the highway. Right? So looking back at my life, um, I'm like, you know what? My ex-wife would kind of say the same thing. You never take responsibility. And I would explain my thought process.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Here's where I'm at from start to finish. Right. And when it comes to my kids, um, I, I didn't, don't want to hear they're sorry. I want to hear they're wrong. Yeah. It's something I learned as a kid, you know, you're sorry. Cause you got caught. I don't care. If you feel sorry. Yep. I'd want to hear my, my dad say, you
0: know I say the same thing to my kid all the time. Like sorry doesn't relieve you of yeah. the consequences. What
2: what I what I would want to hear is, you know, dad, I was wrong. Yeah. You know, when I took the coins out of your antique coin collection to spend on the snack bar at school, I was wrong. You know, that fixes it for me. Good. We understand, we're reconciled. Yeah. We're good. Bygones be bygones forgive. I feel bad or I'm sorry just means, well, of course you're sorry. You especially, got caught stealing my money. You especially, know? I'm
0: sorry you feel
2: that way. Yeah.
1: But well, the, uh, the owning it versus the, I got caught. Yeah.
2: The owning it versus I feel bad. You know, I don't care if you feel good or bad. It's just to tell me you're wrong. You know, and he took my car and took it out for joy. Right. I just want to tell me, I'm sorry dad I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Good. We both agree. Yeah. Now we're reconciled. Right. Um, but anyway, so there, there was that. And then uh, the second one was the my way or the highway thing, right? And, um, so I asked our friend and I says, you know, how does one know if they themselves are narcissists? Right. And she said, well, two things off the bat. She said, one, a narcissist is not mentally capable of empathy for others. Yep. And she said, you have empathy to a fault. And I do I have a problem with boundaries. I too concerned about it. You're having a bad day or you need a car or a pizza or a, yeah. Fancy lunch hug, yeah. or whatever, you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help take care of your issues. I feel your position, you know. Um, even relational, relationally, yeah. you know, um, kind of thing, right? And two. Uh, she laughed and she said, Um, and, and she laughed. And she said, A narcissist would never be sitting in that chair asking me if they're a narcissist. <laughs> narcissist, <laughs> yeah, I had the same conversation, yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, Well, I'm concerned yeah. about it. Am I a dysfunctional narcissist or not? And she just laughs, like, if you're, if you're concerned about it, you're not, yeah. Exactly.
1: You know? I, I've told that to many people, I, you can hate.
0: have like the self absorbed behavior, yeah, but that's. Completely and totally different. Than and Let me explain
2: the my way or the highway yeah. thing. And, you know, narcissists are obviously selfish, but they also never take blame for anything, deflect everything. Well, the my way or the highway thing, this is why it, it came to my mind because my ex wife would tell me that. I have a very distinct sense and conviction of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of those things is, you know, our children are raised by rules. Okay. And um, set rules. Um, you don't talk back. You don't say no to your parents. You don't blah, blah, blah. All right. And um, one case in particular uh, was that um, I would not allow our teenagers to have smartphones in their private possession, okay? So my son, he had a, uh, wasn't a flip phone, but it was a phone. Like Blackberry type thing, whatever. Yeah. No,
0: Blackberry is a smartphone.
2: But he, didn't, yeah. he, did, he didn't, have a, we didn't have a web browser and that kind of okay, stuff. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. He could text his friends and he could stream music and that was it. Play Snake. Cool. Probably play <laughs> Snake, yeah. Pong. And that was it. Keep him safe, keep him pure, keep his mind We're supposed to be. I just sure. Kind of, right? Well, I raised, you know, I raised my kids. I was a stay-at-home dad. I was the breadwinner. But Max's wife didn't want to stay home with the kids. She wanted to go work. So I paid all the bills. She just used her money for personal money for shopping. And so when Eden was born, I raised her from an infant. And so I was the CEO of my company, Entrepreneur, right? And um, so I had a camera I put in the living room. And I had another monitor in my, in my computer upstairs my office where I had that mm-hmm. camera on, on a separate monitor. So I could put eat in her little chair, get her little Cheerios, put in Pingu, which is cute. Have you guys ever seen Pingu, the little penguin guy? I have, yeah. You know, Shaun the Sheep. So I'd pull a show in for her, set her down. She's all set. Change her diaper. Go upstairs. Be on a conference call with Swedish Hospital. <laughs> this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. If you have her chair and start her to crawl towards the kitchen, I could run downstairs and grab her and get her reset and go back up and try to work, right? And so there's one night. Um, I was working late uh, and I was just kind of bored. And I thought, well, I'll just flip the camera on the living room and just see what the family's up to. Mm-hmm. And I flipped the camera on and my ex-wife is sitting in a chair, drinking wine, reading a book. And my teenage son, who was probably 15, 16, was lying on the couch on his stomach and he was on his cell phone texting his friends. Then he reaches under the couch and pulls out an iPhone <laughs> and starts typing that for a bit and slips that back into the couch he's on his regular phone, right? And his, his mother's sitting right there, mm-hmm. right? And he reached under the couch, pulls out his iPhone, plays with that for a little bit, slips it back under the couch. And I thought to myself, good God, you know, he's got a secret iPhone and his mother's right there and knows about it. And I said to myself quietly out loud, I said, have a nice divorce. You know? And, uh, you know, as far as the gaslighting thing goes, it, w- it was terrible. But I had standards, right? You don't give a teenage boy a secret iPhone and have him keep it secret from his own father, yeah, his own parent, yeah. you know? So I don't, I don't do anything right away. I'm not, a, I'm not a guy who acts on passion, right? I'm pretty dang chill. I think these yeah, you're through. You're very
0: unimpulsive. I yeah. think
2: these through. I don't do anything when I'm angry. Let me think about this and approach it when the time is right, calm and, and the thought through and... They always say, if you don't know what to do, don't do anything, right? So, yeah. okay, how am I going to deal with this? I need to think this through and think about it, right? So um, I talked to my wife at the time, and I said, "Why does, where did Mick get an iPhone? You know? She said, well, he bought it from one of his friends at school so he could keep better in touch with his friends. Like, you ought to see his text bill. He sends a million texts a day. How I'm much like, better contact can you get? Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> so I'm like, Okay. And, uh, all right. And, uh, so a while later, I don't know, three, four months later. Um, I don't know, something like that. Um, he left it on the coffee table and went, went to his room to go to bed. I said to her, I said, okay, I'm gonna look at it. All right. And she was pissed. She doesn't want me to rock the boat. She didn't care about anything. Mm-hmm. She just wanted me drink. Love, Cause people who are alcoholics can't cope. Yeah. And the more they drink, the more they can't cope. And the more they can't cope, the more they drink until they just, can't cope with anything she didn't want me to touch it don't rock the boat leave it alone i, I don't want to know i'm like i'm his dad you know i, I gotta look you got it i took a cell phone and guess what i found tons and tons of porn right and i could give you specific things he was searching right now that here you go duh got this iphone he takes his room in private any teenage boy i have to type his boobies and it's all right there all the yeah. boobs want to look in the world. That's trying to be as clean as I can on the, on the, on the it's, advocacy okay, podcast, yeah.
3: right?
2: We, yeah. right? Oh my gosh. So I didn't do anything right away. And I take Mick for, for drive, my son, right? He was 15 or 16 and he kind of knew something was up. And this was several days later, three, four days later, whatever it was, right? Thought things through, calm and collected. Okay, son, time, let's go for drive. We were driving down the road and I, and I said to him, I said, Mick, um, uh, how big of a role does pornography play in your life? And he bowed his head. And then the car, the dad, I hate it. And he said, uh, I bleed I it off my phone. I get rid of it. A few days later, I get curious again. And I start looking. I hate it. And says, as a matter of fact, in Christian school, he was in a support group with his friends to try to combat and overcome pornography issues. Mm-hmm. That's what my son had been dealing with, with his phone. And I said, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put some software on your phone and software on the server. I'm going to turn your data off on that iPhone so you can only use it Wi-Fi. I'll put software on it so anything you do on your phone, I can see, right? And I said, it's not because I'm a spy or I'm spying on you, right? It's because you know I'm with you. If I'm sitting next to you on the couch, you're not going to be surfing porn, but I see what you're doing, right? I'm with you. We're in this together. And he thanked me profusely, you know? But that your was one. dad. Yeah. Like- and why do I want some 15-year-old kid with a porn addiction, you know? Yeah. Um, but that kind of situation is where my ex-wife would say, it's, you say it's my way of the highway. It's your way of the highway, you know? No, I have convictions that my son's not going to have a pornography box in his pocket. Yeah. He was going to be sitting up in his room at night, midnight, watching porn. It's not my way of the highway. It's just... That's you're being a healthy parent. I have. Like, I've, well, you're I mean, creating
0: boundaries and you're creating but, you know, standards and... I mean, yeah. all the healthy things with the relationship with your child that yeah. should
2: be there. And like, that and that's what that lady helped me figure out. It's not that this is where we're going to decorate our house. This is where we're going on vacation. This is what you're going to wear today. Mm-hmm. That's the my wear the highway narcissist talking about. Yep. This is your outfit you're going to wear to my work party. And, yeah. you know, that's not what I was doing. The fact that I had standards and and I could not cross those moral boundaries. Like convictions that I have doesn't mean my way the highway system. I'm just not. Yeah. You know, um, so well, and you have the unwillingness to let
0: your child. I mean, you don't want to let your kid down. Like the reality is that your
1: child is already dealing with it and trying to handle it himself, and he couldn't. He couldn't. And by you, you, you didn't reprimand him. You didn't go crazy on him because he had a cell phone. You just approached the situation and said, "Hey, this." And he he opened himself up to the situation to go. I'm trying to deal with it, and it's not working.
2: And, and it, you said, "Yeah, here's an option. Let's let's do this." And, and you guys being fathers yourselves. Uh, and Christian Man in Conviction, you know exactly how this feels when, when Junior does something. It's like, oh no, I got to deal with this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sucks you know? when something happens and you you look at it and you go, man, now I have to
1: deal with this because you
0: don't want to. How old are y'all kids? Mine's five. Brian's so, really good at tough. I got, He's got a tough. <laughs> I got a little, little, little one. But, and how, how old are yours? Uh, let me think for a second. 15 and 17, aren't they?
1: 15, 16, and 18, 18 there you go. Soon to be
2: 15, 17, and 19. But you know, there comes that time when you're a responsible father where one of your kids does something and they break the rules, they disobey the so and so, and you have to deal with it. Yeah. it's all great. And it's not something you don't want to. It's, I have to. Yeah. yeah. And you I absolutely let, have to. I can't let this slide.
1: Yeah. And that's the conversation I have with my kids when they mess up. And I go, look, it's not like I want to do this but you move my hand i have to do this now so yeah. there's no
0: choice so the thing about narcissism too is that you look at the development level of the individual narcissism is that individual stuck at a toddler for their entire life yeah that's true and and so like how do you how do you overcome that with your own kids as a parent to like prevent that is like one you have to be able to let them learn how to be em- empathetic ask them how Like if you're in a situational setting to where you see somebody upset in the store or somebody on the side of the road, ask them, how do you think that person feels? And it's like, you start asking those type of questions instead of like playing I spy in the car. Start like actually if you're going to have like a genuine conversation or interaction, you can turn it into something educational. It's going to have a huge effect. Yeah. And so I'll just kind of give this example. The other day, um, Owen was throwing a tantrum in the morning before school started. I had a meeting that morning at 930. So he got mad. My parents bought him a new toy. They bought him, or not toy, but they bought him a a little um, telescope because he loves to like birds and nature and all that stuff. And he Mm -hmm. would sit in the back window and look at all the birds and stuff behind the trees behind the house. And uh, he broke the stand that the telescope went on. Granted, this telescope was not expensive. I mean, it's like an Amazon, probably nine bucks. But he got mad about breaking the stand because it was brand new and it was a present from his grandparents. So much so he got mad and he kicked the wall. I sent him to his room for kicking the wall, not for breaking the telescope. Like I got mad because he kicked the wall. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, and so like having to have this lesson now of with a five-year-old of just because something bad happens, you don't need to make something else bad happen too, right. Mm -hmm. Don't turn one bad thing into five bad things. And I think that the narcissist
2: yeah, and you're not, you're not in trouble for breaking the telescope. Yeah.
0: I could care less. It's cheap. I'll buy you another one. You're in trouble because of your behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if you really did break the telescope, like we'll get you another one. Cause I know that they're cheap and replaceable. Yeah. Your foot's not right. The drywall is a pain in the butt. If you ever kick hard enough and put a hole in it, and then I'm really going to be pissed off. Yeah. But I, I sent him to his room and he didn't really understand. He thought I was sending him to his room for breaking the telescope. But I had to sit him down and like literally put his, He would, you know, five-year-old tantrums. I had to put his, his face in my hands and just like get down on his level and be like, I don't care about the telescope. I'm mad because you're in your room like in time out because you lost control of your emotions.
2: You, you know what else I'm th- kind of thankful for? that. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm rabbit trailing on this, just something across my mind. I was raised in a gentle home, and um, uh, my parents divorced as a teenager. But we never heard them fight. Never a called name, never of raised voice, never a slammed word, no. nothing. In my house, uh, raising my kids, same. Never raised voice, never a cuss word, never slammed door, never name call, nothing, mm. you know? And that's something I'm thankful for. And I I never will. Um, you know, that's that's not the way I ever lived. And some people like that, you see some people, they're, they're happily married and they they fight and they'll call each other names or the husband and wife's like, oh my gosh, you just called her an a-hole and you said she's a B and it's like, but then they're 50 Say they're all happy. I don't live that right, way. You know? That's, and, That's and, not uh, my
1: lifestyle either. Can't yeah, even that.
2: with my even with my kids, you know, when when Keith Bo gets really mad, mm-hmm. he lowers his voice and talks slow. Right. Yeah. So if you're one of my kids and dad comes up and he's very slow and almost lethargic and he says, Eden, give me your hand. I need to talk. Then they they lose it. You can see their face, yeah. their face just drops. When dad talks slow and low you're in trouble. Yeah. I,
0: mean, I naturally just talk loud. I mean, I coached yeah. sports for 15 years. I mean, I can yell and be excited and happy. Like what doesn't but, mean I'm mad, but I get their attention. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'll get their attention. I'll like go dad voice. Yeah. So,
2: so I'm going to use my, <laughs> use, use for an example, Tristan. Right. So Eden's, Eden's my little sweetheart. She's my best buddy ever since she was born. And when she's in trouble, I'd say Eden, I'd hold up my hand. Mm-hmm. Right. I got my palm up and give me your hand. All right. And like this. So my palms up and your palm is down and we'll, re- I'm my right hand. your left. Yeah. I said, Eden, look at me. I told you to feed the dog and, <laughs> and the eye contact and the low voice. And I'm holding her hand. So I have completely command. Her attention is extremely powerful way to correct and order your children. Yeah.
1: Well, it's two points of communication also. Yeah. Cause you have physical and you have eye contact with those two. When you don't break the eye contact, I mean, it's, you really drive the, the point in. Yeah. Um, when I but, talk but,
2: to my kids, it's not yelling. It's not calling names. It's not, come here, you little brat. It's, no, not at all. No, man. we don't do that in my house yep. at all either. Yep.
1: Um, I, I, this is me all the time. I very rarely have to raise my voice because I don't like to. I was a cheerleader, if you didn't know that. At one no, point in, in my life, yeah. Yep. So I, I can do the cheerleader <laughs> bark, and it's loud and scary, but I'm like, there's no point. I just, I handle the business. Come on over here. Yep. And we have the conversation. And it's always this tone. Yeah. Because there's no reason, to, if, when you talk calm you create calm emotions, yeah. even during a stressful situation, and that way they absorb more from it. And I go, look, you did this. You knew that the choice had an outcome. You did it anyway. Yeah. And now we're going to deal with the outcome. It was your choice. Yeah. And I have to do this, and I don't want to. But you, you're moving my hands. Yeah. This is what we're going to go. And then I go, give me a minute. Let me think
0: about what we have to do. And you know what we if address we address it? What if we took? And then it's not to take a left turn on that conversation, but you know, as men, if we carry that same kind of aspect into our relationships, when you enter conflict within the relationship as like dating or marriage, like granted, I know that the other person, you have no control over their reaction, how they, react, yeah, yeah. How they interpret it. But like, say you're really pissed off because something happened, like, you know, overspending or something like that. You can fly off the handle, and start yelling and screaming, or you can just be like, sit down and like, you know, if you're calm with that type of stuff, I think it drives some of the mo- point even
2: deeper. Yeah. Than, it, 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 and it gets people's more attention, their attention more. I think, like, you know, look, um, we're short $500 paying our bills because of this. And um, I don't know. I'm not happy about well, it. We, like, we it, we it yeah, freaking sucks, out.
1: But the second you raise your voice, people cut you out. Yeah. It's a defense mechanism. You automatically go, oh, I'm done. And they yeah. just back walking up. Well, it's I, like I was getting here sirens
0: behind you. What do yeah. you immediately do?
2: Yeah. We'll you know, up, you know, you know like, it's just even thinking more, it's funny that, um, you know, my state, you know, the longer time goes on, my standards get higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. Right. And there's certain things you'll see, like uh, you talk about relationships, you know, that if anyone ever accuses you of being a drama queen, drama queen, they're a huge drama queen. Yep. Right. And another every one, every
0: single time, every, every time. single
2: time, every time, Ryan, you're yeah. just a drama queen or if you,
0: or only if drama queen will tell having, you that. Yeah. Or they accuse you of having bad intentions. Guess what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we could go off on a tangent because we know, I think you know where I was going with that one. Another (laughs) one
2: playing games, (laughs) yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So, in the same vein of the talking, right? Uh, you know, why did you, um, you know, choose to do this when we had plans to do that? And they'll say, Well, uh, what's that got to do with your mother? And I have, but they, 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 (laughs) you know, I asked you a direct question. You know, yeah. why did you leave the groceries that I got for you? Right. Mm-hmm. They won't answer that. They'll start saying, well, you didn't talk to me for four hours after I left. And we that's, love deflection. You know, but you know, if you ask a direct question calmly, you should get an answer. But when someone accuses you of playing games, they're playing games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, for sure. You know,
2: I, I asked you this question calmly, politely, and refused to answer so,
0: it. And anyway. So kind of, I think this is actually kind of a cool topic to kind of take as we meander towards the end of the show, but because there was one thing that I did want to talk about all all three, all three of us, I think we're definitely doing this again, but um, is social media's impact since you do run a page. I mean, you've got help obviously with it, but like do run a group with a substantial amount of following, like I know that some people just can't, they like the addiction for social media is rampant nowadays and the ability to have that kind of, meander its way into your life and livelihood like how are you seeing that do you ever see anything in in your household with that or do you see it in like the individuals around you that like has like kind of a deeper impact the addiction to social media
2: no not you know my my one daughter now she was when she was younger she's like really the instagram and this kind of stuff uh, and then i had to kind of lock things down a bit you know And, uh, you know, accepting any friend requests from some guy in Saudi Arabia, it's like, no, yeah, you know. (laughs) Never get a Snapchat. Do not ever get a Snapchat. You know, you're 14 years old. You're not going to have, you know, Instagram friends from people in the Middle East. Guys, No, you know. Um, But that kind of thing. But as as they're older, no. Now with me, um, I I have like 10 jobs. Uh, I I do a lot. And for me, I use it as an escape page. So North Harder Life is like a coffee break, right? Okay. (laughs) So I'm working on listing so-and-so's house. I have an offer that's going kind of crap. I take care of this. And I need to refresh myself before I work on my next project. Maybe next I have to work on a menu item iron pizza. And next I have to work with a lease issue for something else, right? So I clear my head. I, it helps me switch gears, right? Okay. So, mm-hmm. So I, I pop in and out all the time as I'm yeah. clearing my head. I'm, I'm busy, but I am pop in, pop out. Not getting sucked
0: into it. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: But um, you know one thing that's interesting about people um is that um i you know maybe this is a topic for another time but uh you know when someone posts talk about maybe dating or potentially dating yep too many selfies yep kind of a red flag <laughs> that is a red flag you know absolutely and I think then, we talked about that. Yeah and then we
0: have talked about yeah, that yeah. at length. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, oh, and, yeah and the gross single guys. Yep. Yes. Right? So someone might be on Facebook or something and then half their friends these kind of gross uncouth lummix, single guys that their own personal pages. D bags folks.
0: That's what he was saying was douchebags.
2: Yeah. But you know, they're, they're, they're kind of this dirty sense of humor and, yeah. and talking about.
1: Have we talked about the lack of class in culture and society right now? Oh, dude, it's ridiculous. Or should we make that an actual entire episode? I think we need to make that an episode. Cause yeah. it's true. Yeah. I mean, there's a massive lack of class and, there is. and parents that aren't raising their kids with those attributes.
2: Yeah. But it, it's it's rare uh so I I mean I guess I I'm the opposite. Maybe we'll kinda close on this for kinda closing things down. Um Keith but, leading the way. But when yeah. I'm it's my show now, guys.
0: It's old, <laughs> like advocacy with Keith we We'll find something that. else, I guess. <laughs> join us! Join us
2: next week with two. Join me next week with two different special guests on my show.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's so, it's so, it's awesome. so perfect. <laughs> but um, when, when it comes to me, you know, my I was raised, you know. Strict. Um, if you have nothing nice to say, you don't say it. Yeah. Uh, when you're in front of people, you'd be a respectful, nice young gentleman kind of thing, right? Yep. So my view is when I'm on social media, let's say I want to post something in North Idaho Live, you realize I'm speaking to 92,000 yeah. people. I'm not going to post pictures of, like, my family reunion. That's not what I mean. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. not going to say anything rude, uncouth, off-color. Sure. Vulgar, nothing like that, right? Because um, my mom is on there, my kids are on there, and I have a audience of tens of thousands of people that are watching me, right? There's a reputation involved, Right. yeah. But the opposite seems true with most people, you know? So you get some, someone on there who'll just start cussing people out, yep. giving a, a misinformation. If I post anything on North Out of Life, I better have my facts straight. Yep. Because well, n- I got 92,000 fact get checkers. S- Yep, that will nail me, right? Absolutely. Uh, except for making up fake news, then most of them believe that. <laughs> like the right rhinoceros that escaped from Yellowstone the hippo? and is running around. Rhino now. Rhino was great. I, I took a picture of Rhino in snow with house in the background. I said, "This one escaped Yellowstone <laughs> National Park, and he's in Wallace. Don't approach me as a wild animal." That was a pretty good one. The, the giraffe. Guy. Yeah, the yeah the giraffe. giraffe one. One. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. But you know, when, when <laughs> it's just like speaking on stage. You know, I, I, uh, uh, you know, I have a host of people that are watching me. Not that I'm, not that I'm anybody. Just anyone. When all you eyes
1: know, are on you, you have to be on your best behavior for the most part.
2: But it doesn't matter if I'm Keith Boer. I'm John Smith in in Silverton posting a picture of a bluebird. Yeah. This is public. Yeah. You know, you better and dad it's there forever. You better dad gun be in your best behavior. Yeah, right? and you're gonna get put
1: and, in your place pretty quick. And I no, I totally get what you're saying. The opposite's true about everybody else. Most people out there now are these crazy keyboard, keyboard warriors. warriors that'll just fling whatever they can because
0: it, it's like it's a, a some a weird outlet. I don't know what's going man, on with just that. as a moderator. Like some of the stuff that I've removed is like, it's the most vile. Like it's awful. And there's no reason behind it. Typically no. there's, and, and, there's and, and nothing somebody behind posted it. A picture of a cat with a bird. And it was just like, they just go
2: off and it's like, what the crap? And, 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 and it's inaccurate. It's inaccurate. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So pe- people nowadays don't care what's actually true. Right. And, and it goes on both sides. The bigotry and lack of truth is astonishing. Oh my gosh. So, especially yeah. take you know, the liberal side, uh, take any argument you want, is Bruce Jenner a female? They do not care what's actually true. They yeah. don't care. They Facts laugh. They laugh, they laugh at mocking the truth. Yeah. Right. And um, so you can take this with Californians moving in, right? Uh, California taking over Idaho. We can have a real estate conversation. This time, I, that's not the deal. Right. And, and I'll tell you one thing that group hate is foolish. Uh, and, and, and no matter who's doing it. Right. Yeah. And I do not judge someone's character by the zip code. I would not I don't judge, but by the zip code they were born in. Yeah. Right. You go back to Martin Luther King. Yeah. You don't yeah. be judged by the content of their character. Not, not the color. No, he's of been skin. canceled by the left. By the I, left. I saw that yeah. on Babylon B today. That was yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I had, a, I, had a nice family. He was a retired fire marshal. I'll, I'll kind of make this quick. No, you're fine. Um, but, um, they had lived in North Idaho for probably 20 years. He's retired fire marshal from California. Uh, they had a big house in in uh, Worley, and they wanted to downsize, be closer to town. So I sold their house in Worley, and they got a nice house in Coeur d'Alene. And they're kind of hoarders a little bit. <coughs> Pardon me. You're good. That's right. Didn't reach the cough button. And um, <laughs> so they had a lot of stuff, big house, big shop, barn, a lot of stuff. And he had these old horse trailers that he'd brought up 20 years ago from California. He never changed license plates on, right? And she's so packing all his stuff in these horse trailers, and they're driving up. And this couple is the nicest, sweetest, most gentle, gracious Christian people. I've got a
0: bunch um, of those as customers, too. Yeah.
2: This one lady, uh, every night on her Facebook before bed, she gives you a Bible verse. Oh, that's awesome. You know, Good night, my Facebook mm-hmm. friends. Leaves you the Bible verse every night before bed. Wonderful, sweet, gentle, kind people, right? Some guy pulls up next to them as they're moving these stuff. And they're elderly, right? They're, yeah. in the, they're in the late 70s, right? Some guy pulls up and saw the old California plate on the horse trailer, didn't carry the Kootenai County plate on the on the truck, and pulls it nice and slow and gives them the finger. I'm like, who in the heck? I'm going to make up two names. Who in the heck would give the finger to Bob and Linda? Good golly. They are the sweetest, nicest, yeah. Christian, conservative, Trump-loving people in the world, you know? I think... How horrible. How horrible.
0: And the thing that we kind of hinted at this with housing prices and car prices. I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before last, but Mm -hmm. like, it's not just the Californians. Like you can't blame the Californians for raising the prices on stuff. Everybody wants to complain about that. I'm like, you got to point the finger at your own town because there's people that are raising the prices like the market. They
2: think they can get more. So there's the greed there, too. It's but you, not you ha- yeah, you it's have neighbor. You really have to go back to government intervention. It is. Yeah, absolutely. The government needs to take their hands off of health care, their hands off of housing, their, house, their hands off of everything, back yep. off and let the free market work, right? Yeah. And um, that's another topic for another time. Too many people don't understand how that works. When, so the, when, the, when the government meddles, you got you know, the shortages. The subsidized
0: housing is what's creating this market here right but now. But you got
2: shortages of every kind from toilet yeah. paper to wood to lumber to... At the restaurant, yeah. Iron Pizza, rubber gloves in the kitchen used to be so cheap, they were almost free, right? Yeah. They mm-hmm. didn't cost anything, right? And now if you're going to get rubber, you have to have a permit from the government saying it's essential, right? Good the, Lord. The cost of the rubber gloves common ones used in the kitchen, $400 a case. Yeah. Yeah. They went from basically free. You want a box of rubber gloves from the, for your kitchen, $400 a case. You know why? Government intervention. Government needs to back this off and get their hands off that, of stuff. that like, people
0: in the street don't know about. Like that's straight like stuff you would of, see down in like South America.
1: We should make that an episode. Yeah. But, but part yeah. of the whole thing, I mean, people up here, and this, this drives me bonkers, um, is that a lot of people are like, we don't want people from out of town coming in. Well, do you want to grow and make more money or do you not? And that's the question. You moved
0: up here from somewhere and now you don't want people coming in? How are you going to support your community? Um, I could pick on the responsible growth for Kootenai County. I'll just flat out call that. I mean, I know people that are in that group that are nice, good people, but then the, there's the individual running it that it's like,
2: well, he's from California. Like, yeah. Ah! He, he's he's <laughs> a, he's a former school teacher from Southern California. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but he lives with his mom. Okay. He, live, he literally lives in his mom's basement. You can look at it folks. It spokes, it's spokesman yeah. review, but you can look it up. Yeah. You know, the house is sold in his mom's name. Um, but that's another topic for another time. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think, I think there's some misconceptions on you alls side too, about price of housing and people moving in that aren't necessarily true. Yeah. So we can sit down and go over that. No, absolutely, I, I, can say, I, can tell you, I can tell you one thing. I'll leave you this nugget. Um, <laughs> closings are down in North Idaho, 43% from last year. Wow. But people getting keys, to their house yeah. forty forty-three 43% less than last year.
0: Yeah. So, I see it no, I see it on the insurance side of things, like the referrals coming in are wait it's but there is like fifty quadrillion refinances still taking place i mean because but, because interest rates are historic low and you yeah. can, you can borrow a mountain of money for free and yeah. the and I'll tell you this the underwriting take place like there's been some stuff I've seen that's like mm, I don't know if you can justify the amount that you're writing that loan for, but go ahead, you know, I mean we're gonna end up right back in two thousand and eight all over again no but, it's
2: not it's not subprime um you know, these people have fixed mortgages. They're not, uh, yeah, you know, they're it's not, not predatory,
0: not necessarily predatory. It's more the rules that they've used to write the loan. Yeah. Basically, you know,
2: you yeah. can, you can get a 15 year fixed mortgage for less than 2%, 1.9%. Yep.
1: There was a great wall street journal article on it yesterday on why the, the market's doing what it's doing. But, yeah. And it's to say my sister
2: lives in the Ozarks, Missouri, same, nothing's for sale Everything's way over asking price. The price have doubled. There's competition. Eastern it's, it's, Montana's is that way right now. It's government. Yeah. It's, yeah. I've heard the same thing in real estates in um, um, uh, Louisiana, big city. Mm-hmm. Oh, New Orleans? New Orleans. Yeah. Same thing. Nothing's for sale. Prices through the roof. Because you got tons and tons of free money. You got mountains of free money available to everybody, right? And nothing's for sale. So it's supply and demand. Everybody so here, here's, here's to a main
0: stay d- in their houses, so they're not fl- going to the yeah, free market, but, but open because, market. But because
2: of COVID and this government, you know, COVID and BLM and Antifa yeah. and riots and the election, and everything else, everyone's hunkering down and circling the wagons, right? Yeah. No one's jumping I- into anything. Yeah. I'm not going to build in the country. I'm not going to take a gamble on this job out of state. I'm just going to sit and circle the wagons because of uncertainty. I left I left a good job with a Fortune 100 company to open my own
0: business in the middle of COVID. and. I mean, some people are like, hey, yeah, congratulations, good job. I had some other people like, dude, you are freaking insane. What are should, you doing? You should have stayed
2: now? with the sure thing where you were safe
0: under yeah. a corporate umbrella.
2: Yeah. Which I think they're wrong. I think you're kicking butt. Thanks. It's a good move you made. Yeah. Thank Bravo you. Bravo to you.
0: Yeah. yeah. But I mean, and I, hopefully it, it continues to grow. I mean, that's yeah. the goal, but and no doubt it will. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, clients like you, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> By the way, uh, Ryan yeah, if you're you're owns an insurance agency, and he saved me 43% of my insurance, got me better covers. That's actually true. I'll take it. Yep, my, my, I mean. my windshield and side windows, my uh, deductible is $50. used to be 500 Yep. And increase so my coverage.
0: on that bad boy. And it's $50. Wow. Glass yeah, yeah so if, if
2: you if you lose a windshield or a crack or whatever, uh, you have to get a Subaru windshield with the eyesight and they have to have calibrate it and I have to, have to calibrate yeah. and this kind of stuff. Right. So I now have a $50 deductible. If I, if I lose the next windshield, that's pretty, awesome. Pretty good. And, and I'm paying 43% less per month than I ever did. So thank you. Win-win. Yep. yep. And uh,
1: it's great when you do it as an agent. It yeah. feel, it, I mean, that that's what you live for. At least for me, I'm like, man,
0: that's the best feeling ever. Tristan, Tristan had a new thing happen this week. Yeah. He finally oh my ended, gosh. Up. He ended up in Facebook jail. Facebook jail finally so for, the,
2: for the first time, first time
0: ever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Posh, that okay. So, let me, let me <laughs> tell you over <that>. here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I,
1: I'm, I'm new to this, but so a year ago I mentioned CDC death rates, blah, 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 whatever. Right. Back from the CDC, I pulled it out. I was like, here you go. Um, and that gave me a little hand slap. Right. Well, a friend of mine posted a picture of a, looks like a Cobra, a King Cobra hanging off the doorknob of a house. And it says, what would you do? Right. And so Leo writes, oh, Tristan would pull out a gun. And I was like, no, that's not what I said. But she wrote it before she even asked me. And I said, no, um, burn it down. Burn the whole thing down. That's all I said. And that got it. They literally, they, they, they put me in jail for that. And I was like, no, appeal this crap because this is totally wrong. And I appeal it and they go, nope. Yep. You never win those appeals.
2: I'd, uh, I'd been- I'm had like,
1: "How's context has got to be something.
2: Nope. I, I had a raccoon that's been raiding my patio. <laughs> that was so uh, funny. And I've been trying to trap this little bastard. And, um, <laughs> and so I finally used some of that ceviche that was going bad in my fridge. Okay. okay. And I bait the trap of ceviche. And I had a picture of, uh, oh, of Will Ferrell. Yeah, Will Ferrell nice. from the movie The Other Guys. Awesome. He's looking to his left. He's got his, his tie on and stuff. And he's kind of giving this look like, mm mm-hmm, you know? then I had a picture of this really fat raccoon who's kind of sitting up like a squirrel, like, Rrr. you know, yeah. and they're both kind of looking at each other, put these pictures side by side. And I can't remember what I said, uh, I got some ceviche and some other stuff out there, and, and you fat bastard, tonight's your night or something like that, right? Awesome. Yeah. And they put me on Facebook jail for three, three. weeks, something like that? <laughs> <then? laughs> it was ridiculous. For, for disparaging a raccoon. Yeah. Oh. For dis- because i called a raccoon a fat bastard and they put me in facebook go, I, for disparaging a raccoon
0: i got the first stint that i got i told a <coughs> journalist on facebook that was on their page they had posted something that was supposed to be fact and they had not provided any shred of citing of evidence mm-hmm. none it was all opinion and i was like hey can you please cite your sources and they're like well we wrote this in the intellectual article you should take it as fact, and I said, "Sorry, I can't think." Stupid. Cite your cite your sources. I got freaking five days. Really? that's amazing. For, for that,
2: there's a, there's a funny uh, news page that's on there. that kind of has some fake news stories, like North Idaho World uh, News, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I know one of the guys who ran that, who kind of looks like me, uh, <laughs> during during the election, uh, put up a cartoon of Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. right? And he got put in Facebook jail for bullying. Wow. Yep. Yeah, a public figure running for office, a cartoon. I was, or the other guy who looks like <laughs> me, whose name begins with Kevin. I think. Um, my him, my my alter Chad, ego. Yeah. Put, put him in. Put him, Kevin. Put him in, put him in Facebook jail for bullying a politician running for the highest office. <laughs> yeah. Is that amazing? A freaking if, cartoon. Yeah. But is that
1: amazing that that you can get tossed in Facebook jail for that? But somebody could post a picture of um, Donald Trump beheaded, holding it up in the air. And it's it's all good, totally fine.
2: And ISIS and yep. Iran, and they're not you know the, you know, the like terrorists the, are not in Facebook jail.
0: The gays for Palestine, and then well, that that entire or, group should be in Facebook jail for not knowing what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, and then the Palestine for gays, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's so weird, completely totally different story. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's I th- there's like the madness of, and I think that's where, where we're kind of wrapping up. But like yeah. social media is is a great tool, and you you you've managed to utilize it for. Like I said, when I kind of joked around at the beginning, like having a Midas touch, but I mean, you, you you like referred me like my business and and I, which I greatly appreciated, but like it was crazy. Like that one week, boom, it was like 15 hits. Yeah. I mean, it was
2: amazing. I I think, I think the, the, the power, the power with North out of life and with North out of life foodies is is there's no agenda whatsoever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been
0: accused of other, but yeah.
2: People accuse me of lots of things, right? Yeah. But there's no agenda. Um, there's nothing I'm selling, there's nothing I'm getting at, there's no point. Uh and it's it's purely organic. So the restaurant thing, right? I had some jack wagon um a couple weeks ago saying I'm I'm shaking down restaurants to get free food. No. <laughs> nothing, that was not you. Nothing I could give you a name for who was, but nothing, yeah. nothing could be further from the truth. Absolutely. You tip, right? like a hundred percent pretty much. Yeah. So I was at um, Oh, I was at uh, Fuki, Fuki last night. I was at okay. Fuki last night with my daughter for birthday dinner, and same thing. Uh, the check was, you know, fifty dollars. I, I tipped the lady forty right? mm-hmm. on top of the check. I, I had a bad meal the other week, and same thing. I tipped the server eighty percent, and I, I sent my food back so there, there was paper in it. I, I had a foreign object in my mouth. I had to take out and put on the plate. It like it was cold, but um, mm. nothing further could be could be further from the truth. But there is no agenda. Um, I don't have favorites. I'm, it's not a pay to play. No one's paying me. No one's feeding me. Yeah. I'm just out goofing off and enjoying myself. And I hope you guys are too. I mean, yeah. and, um, you know, what I, years ago, when my son was playing guitar, guitar lessons on Friday, uh, I'd go out and I'd eat at a different restaurant. This is when I was married. Um, kind of a little date. So we'd drop off guitar lessons, then we go out and launch a different place every week. That's really cool. Some place I've I've driven by, never stopped in, have no desire to stop in. You know what? We're gonna see what that place is about next week. Yeah. You know, here's a Cajun restaurant, here's an American restaurant, here's a whatever yeah. fusion place. And that was great fun. I had some wonderful stuff, right? Yeah. And I tried to hit the same one twice. So the same thing kind of out here is that um you know, I've driven by you know, whatever hundred times. I need to stop to see what this place is. I've met mm-hmm. the most wonderful people, wonderful plates. New experience, hole in the walls. He had no idea we're there. The hilltop in, yeah. um, built up in Kingston, right? Okay. You ever ever, yeah, been, yeah. There? ever yeah. been there? They have that beautiful outdoor courtyard with all the different colored picnic tables and lights and the stage. That is just really sweet. And and it's even hard to find, even to see the sign for the hilltop.
0: Yeah. You see it off the freeway, but like it, it'll take it tw- it you
2: yeah. it 20 minutes, which got free. So where the heck is this place? You know, yeah. it is damn cool. That's really you cool. Know? Pine Creek Tavern. I was up there doing some real estate stuff a couple of times. I saw it I'm like, one of these days I'm going to stop in the Pine Creek Tavern.
0: That you know? sandwich shop in Kellogg. That's the bomb. Whoa. Yeah. Have you been there? Uh, Fine. I took that. I went to the blackboard when I got my plates and then I was like, I'm still kind of hungry. I'm going to get a sandwich at that. Pl-. And so the I did that country, back country. In back Kellogg. country yeah. In yeah. Kellogg. Oh yeah. Dude. Yeah. That is like a, oh, some of the stuff we could go out. we got an episode just about yeah. food. Like it's,
2: yeah, the owners it's are, awesome. The owners are from but, New York, like New York city. Right. And, and she's uh, she's half Jewish half German. And so she has the whole kosher kind of thing down, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. So one of the options you have here, instead of mayonnaise or whatever else you, you butter it. Yeah. You talk to New York, you don't put mayonnaise, but mayonnaise, nah. mayonnaise, mayonnaise chicken sandwich, you butter your sandwich, yeah. right? Yep. But you can actually get a New York, um, boar's head pastrami on buttered marble dry, mm, oh, man. You can't get, you can't the What's closest, the, the, the closest kosher deli is Portland, Oregon for yeah. me. Right. And it's got yeah. like
0: the legit pickles. Like,
2: yeah. 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 And the back country doesn't, doesn't, you know, they don't, Promotional being kosher. And they don't skimp on But, but if you want New York deli from a New York person, you know, you're half Jewish, half German, and they're gigantic. That's dude. the place that to clubs, be. That club sandwich and, was legit. Yeah. And the one thing they say, too, is that if they're out of Boar's Head, we're out of sandwiches. We're not yeah. going to replace with anything. It's you know? the
0: same one. What's the deli here in Post Falls? The one that's kind of right there. It's around the corner from, like, AutoZone. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, Midtown. Midtown. Midtown I mean, they're legit, too. They're yep, good. Yep. Yep. But. Cool. There's like hole in the wall places like all over the, like being part of the group. Yeah. I've found that it's just like, man, there's like so many good little, it really is that you a never, great food you, that, culture you, here. that you
2: never would have found like, on your own without following the group. Yeah, what, you El
0: Paisa Mexican is yeah. freaking awesome. Yeah. Like it's a, amazing. You mean?
1: Yeah. It is the best in town.
2: It is so good. I mean, there's, so you guys want to come back and join me again sometime?
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> we will. Uh, I mean, we've been here for like 22 <laughs> episodes and we might as well yeah. make it 23 yeah, next yeah. week with you. I feel like with this, we should like Keith take us out. Absolutely. and, Keith, it's, first, plug your places, man. I mean, Iron Pizza, right? Yep. Um, is, there's a new one in Athol now. Is that right? Yeah, Athol,
2: that? we're shooting, you know, every, every day, we're a couple days out. So we're shooting for Tuesdays or next couple days out, which means maybe Thursday, but we're, we're just, <laughs> this close. Yep. Sweet.
0: And, yeah, and, so, and you got some awesome decor in there, too, because nice. you did get some of that stuff. I mean, sadly, with juniors,
2: you know, yeah, closing, yeah, but yeah. like
0: the benches and everything, like, oh, dude, oh, yeah. it's always so cool. The ambiance so cool. is always great. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's um, going to
2: be legit. Maybe, maybe next time I have you guys join my show, we should do it from like the 315 scene.
0: Tapas. I love 315.
2: Or, or, or Elk Point. Stellas.
0: Uh, Stellas would be legit. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. If we could figure out a way to, uh, as long as I like, got Wi-Fi. Th- Actually, so, we didn't even need Wi-Fi. We've seen power. We'd have to figure it out. We'd have to we'll see we, out. Out. we can make yeah. it happen. You're going to make Keith take us out? Yeah. It's his show now. All right, Keith.
2: Yeah. Love to have you guys back w- again. What are you? Yeah. yeah. But next, <laughs> ne- next time, Looking forward to joining you next week. Keith. But ne- next time, try to be a little funnier, you guys. Okay. <laughs> okay
0: that's, uh, he's humble. Just ask him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so the the, ne-
2: the next show is going to be Keith Bow. And the topic is uh, how you can be humble like me. <laughs> and because there's no video, I'm just going to show just selfies. <laughs> Slideshow of selfies. Multiple. Like over and over again. Yeah. All, of,
0: all of Keith's amateur photography.
2: Right. <laughs> Right, keith, get what body, keith you, get him, you can to give me a podcaster now keith he's <laughs> keith has got this he's uh, got this
1: <laughs>
2: careful what that, you wish for i don't know but <laughs> doggone it people like me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm beautiful I'm friend, and gosh darn it people love I'm me good enough i'm <laughs> smart enough and dadgummit we're gonna do, wow <laughs> this
0: i'm pressing the button podcast <laughs> <laughs>